This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at woodhousebuickgmc.com. We are professional grade. Podcast Network. This is how it's always been. I'm on the outside looking in. Welcome to Double Love, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of Sweet Valley High, book by book. I'm Anna Carey. I'm Karen Moynihan. And this week, we're heading to Kansas. Oh my God, we've got spring fever. There is no cure. What are we going to (laughs) do? Oh, there is no cure. And frankly, this old town should be quarantined. (laughs) They are all... I mean, I I don't even know where to begin. Everyone is deranged in this town. I I don't know what to do. Everybody is (laughs) like... Old, young, they're as bad as each other, quite frankly. Very true. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, I guess we'll dive right in with taglines and blurbs. And there is not a cover tagline, but the back cover uh, mini tagline is double the fun. Ooh, so vague. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, in character, I guess. That's true. uh, You know, we've had had vague taglines before. Mm. Uh, The blurb is not vague. No. Very detailed. (laughs) Very much so. Okay. The Wakefield twins never expected that the sleepy town of Walkersville, Kansas, would be twice as exciting as their own hometown. That's not true. It's really not. Like, straight away, that's a lie. (laughs) But like, anyway. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) But when Jessica and Elizabeth spend spring break at their great aunt and uncle's house in the country, they discover that small town life can have its share of big adventures. (laughs) (laughs) At first, things don't look so promising. Instead of a warm welcome, the local girls give them the cold shoulder and Aunt Shirley and Uncle Herman won't let the twins out of their sight. But, however, (laughs) but things brighten up (laughs) when the girls meet gorgeous identical twins at a local carnival, Alex and Brad Parker. Jessica thinks Brad might... No, Jessica thinks Alex might be the man of... Inaccuracy. Wow. Straight away they're making mistakes. This is going to be great. Also, Brad is never seen at the carnival. True. So this implies that they meet both of them at the carnival. At the same time, yeah. Jessica thinks Brad might be the man of her dreams. So they meet Alex. Uh, (laughs) But how can she get to know him better when she's being so closely watched by her aunt and uncle? 
then trouble really begins to brew when Elizabeth makes an unexpected discovery about the Parker twins. Dut, dut, dut. That oh happens in like God. the last 10 pages of the it's book. It's so late in the game. Oh my God. Anyway, <laughs> come along to the country with <laughs> Jessica and Elizabeth Wakefield and catch spring fever. <laughs> oh, please don't. Get whether your you shot. Want, whether you want it or not, you're getting it. There is no vaccine. <laughs> And the symptoms are <laughs> well. I think uh, I think when we look at the cover, we can see that both Liz and Jess have spring fever and are quite feverish. They not. are displaying all the symptoms of spring fever here. Yes, uh, but look. Fucking hell, what a cover. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> we've got a background, which we always love. So they're actually in a setting of some sort and not just like a, mm. you know, modeled photo shoot background. So there is like an entire field of wheat behind them. Uh, there's a little like farm building in the background with some kind of trees around it. It's all very, um, I guess, Midwest, open mm. plains kind of vibe. Um, but hot damn these outfits. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they are in the book. They are in the book. Now, there's slight differences uh, in Elizabeth's outfit, what we see here to what's in the book. But look, it's still fucking great. Uh, so Liz has trusty barrettes in place in the hair. She is rocking a wonderful red neckerchief, which we always enjoy. I mean, quite uh, Lila in the TV show. Very TV show Lila, yes. Yeah, that's her trademark look. It's true, yes. Uh, <laughs> she is wearing a lovely silky white blouse. Um <laughs> <laughs> is there any other kind? No. Nope. <laughs> it really isn't. Uh, there's nice kind of puffy shoulders on it, uh, kind of a short sleeve, great blouse, long denim skirt, uh, and a, the rootinest, tootinest belt you ever saw. It's oh. proper brown leather belt, huge fucking gold buckle on it. It's fantastic. It's a serve. <laughs> it's rootin' and tootin'. It's both. Um, my God. And then, More oh, this and then we've got Jessica, who truly is putting the hoe in hoe down. It's <laughs> just magnificent. She's wearing a like red gingham dress. It's sensational. <laughs> the frills. My God. Where to begin? Oh. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, it's like that red and white kind of um, gingham checkery pattern. There's a, yeah, their shoulders have these huge white frills with a red trim that kind of goes all the way down to the the waistband. Uh, Both twins rocking the lavaliers. Again, always good to see those in play. Uh Um, Yeah, hair tousled and much like spring break, it just looks like she is screaming into the sky. (laughs) They're both staring in opposite directions, but staring very intently at something or someone. Oh my God, it's... It's a fucking great cover. It is oh. a top tier cover, I will say. Yeah, it genuinely is. I have to say, these <laughs> spring covers are are superb. Well, we're two like, for two on springtime covers because yeah. like, they're just all great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, you know, I think we relate it most to the looking at a map of France and screaming. And screaming. Because <laughs> that we did, we did uh, take that journey with the twins when we were in the height of lockdown. So. Exactly. Yeah. So we couldn't go fucking what two kilometers away from our own houses it was like oh these bitches <laughs> we're so jealous we would also be screaming at the sky if we were in france <laughs> but um yeah this is this is almost as good and almost oh i have god. to say the book while deranged is extremely entertaining oh my god and it begins 
in the Casa del Wakefield, as the twins prepare for their spring break holiday in Walkersville, Kansas, and they are inexplicably extremely excited at the prospect of spending 11 days with elderly relatives. I mean, yeah, I I don't get it either, but we also had that book when their grandparents were coming to visit and they were about to lose their shit with excitement and it was just like... (laughs) I mean, yeah, everyone loves their grandparents, but this reaction seems a little extreme. And it's this again, like where Liz is even like, I've always wanted to go to a small Midwestern town. And it's like, I'm sorry, how is that on anybody's bucket list? Like, no offense to small Midwestern towns, but none of this just fits with like two California teens that we have gotten to know over however many millions of books. (laughs) Like New York City, yes. Walkersville, Kansas, not so well, much. <laughs> well, Jess is a bit worried that she'll be bored, but um, but yeah, Liz is uh, is much more um, much more excited, and I mean, Jess is is into it enough to have agreed to go for eleven days. That is a long time. That's a pretty long stint, yeah. And of course, what's also kind of uh, throwing her off a bit is that uh, Lila is jetting off to Rome for her spring oh. break, so she's quite jealous of that, obviously. Uh, well, I mean, I would be if I was going to, sp- to spend some time with Uncle Herman and Aunt Shirley. <laughs> and actually, when I saw Uncle Herman's name, I was like, oh, my God, is this one of the Viennese relations? Are we getting like some uh, some some continuity with the Wakefield legacy? Oh, yeah, but no. we are not. There are Alice's <laughs> no. These are Alice's Midwestern relations. So yes. some Scandinavian People, I didn't, <laughs> who the fuck knows? I don't know. <laughs> but none of it ties up anyway with the the family tree that we uh, delved into yeah. before. Because <laughs> yeah, it's Alice's aunt or uncle uh, hmm. and and an uncle, and um, yes, they are uh, they're they're in their sixties, which they kind of portray as being like about one hundred and ten. Which you know, this is the age of the Golden Girls. Like, we I don't think anyone at the time thought sixty year olds were you know like the the incredibly ancient conservatives that this book portrays them as. <laughs> well, that's true. But there was also just that thing of like, you know, in like films from like the 80s and 90s, there'll be like someone who's like 30 and they're like this ragged old housewife, like, and they just look <laughs> ancient and you're kind of like, shit, really? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, that is a good point. Yeah. Well, um, some people are aging very well because when Alice appears, we're told that she's pert as... <laughs> It's such a creepy word. I don't it's know why. It's so creepy. It's such a weird way to describe her. Yes. And I, do, I don't think it's accurate. I don't think no. Alice is being sort of pert and peppy. Um, but anyway, she she remind we're reminded how youthful she looks. Mm. And uh, Alice is concerned that Jessica is packing too many flashy ensembles. Oh my god, there's so many flashy ensembles. I will say the outfits are top <gasps> fucking notch in this book. Oh my Holy god. Shit. <laughs> Well, uh, apparently Alice spent some time out in Walkersville back in her own youth and uh, she fell madly in love with it. Uh, I've, which, you know, okay, fair enough. Said it looked like something in a fairy tale. Okay. Um, <laughs> and they're they're really excited about uh, seeing Aunt Shirley and Uncle Herman because they haven't seen them since they were 10. Apparently they're pillars of the community and Uncle Herman is the mayor. Oh, yes. Real upstanding folk. <laughs> yes, but um, Liz, when Alice leaves, Liz looks at what Jessica is packing and she reiterates the, the fact that, look, 
uncle uh, Herman and Aunt Shirley, they're not used to teenagers, um, you know, so they, they may not be ready for Jessica in all her glory, but Jessica's like, <laughs> I can break them in. She packs some more flashy accessories. Oh God, so many good accessories. Yes, I can't wait to get stuck into those. <laughs> This, I, seriously, the uh, stats and outfits section is going to be long. <laughs> it's going to take like half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yes, again, Liz tells us that she can't, she's always dreamed of going to a little Midwestern town where she's sure everybody will be friendly. Uh, Jessica hopes there's going to be a twister like the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yeah, she asks, hopefully, if they'll have tornadoes. And it's like, why would you want that? <laughs> You're so scary. <laughs> I actually had a pen pal in Kansas when I was like about nine. Uh, and uh, I think that was one of the first things I asked her was whether they had regular oh. tornadoes. And they do have them. They do, in fairness. It's quite frightening. I mean, yes. I've seen Twister. I know what goes on. <laughs> Uh, well, Liz uh, points out that they this is spring. They don't have them at this time of year. And uh, anyway, she's hoping for some peace and quiet, which baffles Jessica um, but Liz can't wait to chill and in fairness after the year she's had you know being kidnapped and oh, all the ups and downs I can't blame her I know fair enough although yeah these books again this one probably takes place kind of further back in the timeline than where we are right now but oh, like yeah. regardless of where you drop them one of or both of them have been kidnapped by <laughs> yes. now surely like oh, <laughs> yeah. it's the Jeffrey years so <gasps> that's right yes it's uh, we get some references to Jeffrey uh, hashtag poor Jeffrey oh He's still poor Je- hashtag poor Jeffrey, even in a book that he doesn't really play a starring role in. It's not even a bit. Yeah, he's mentioned like twice. And every time I was like, oh, poor one out for Jeffrey. Poor old yeah. <laughs> While Elizabeth is going on dates with somebody oh, else. God, what a bitch. <laughs> she really is. Well, we cut to the airport where the twins are greeted by Aunt Shirley and Uncle Herman. And they're, they're, uh, they're warm and friendly. They're de- inexplicably delighted to see the twins. Uh, they're very <laughs> conservatively dressed. Like Aunt Shirley even is even like wearing a hat yeah she's got a tiny blue hat that matches her shoes it's like I don't know I can't tell like yeah matching hat and shoes and a tiny hat it sounds very Jackie O to me but I, yeah. I can't imagine that's maybe that's what they're going for I don't know yeah. <laughs> uh well Miss uh, Uncle Herman's wearing a suit so they're they're sort of all dressed up just to go mm. to an airport um yeah. And uh, we're told they both felt proud of their great aunt and great uncle and they couldn't wait to get to know them both. Okay. No, I don't buy any of this. (laughs) Well, the oldsters have been, frankly, terrifyingly uh, thrilled about the arrival of the twins. Uh, Aunt Shirley says she didn't sleep a wink last night. She was so excited. That would freak me out. Oh my God. Aunt Shirley is fucking hilarious. I kind of love how dramatic she is. <laughs> yes, she's There's a dramatic. moment at some point I just I just fucking loved it. But yeah, she's she's one to watch. <laughs> she really is. And uh, yeah, they, they fuss all over the twins. Um, Uncle Herman tells Jessica they've been telling the entire town about their arrival, impending arrival, including all the teens. Uh, so he's sure that they'll have loads of invites. And of course, as far as Jessica is concerned, this just means hot boys. Hooray! <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, she's bought four suitcases. Oh my god! Like, yeah, they yeah they her entire set of luggage. Who the fuck has a set of luggage at the age of who? In fact, who has a set of luggage? If you're not Jackie O, that's what I want to know. <laughs> I do not have a set of luggage. No, I'm I have like, a little tiny wheelie suitcase, and the thingy doesn't work, so I have to just carry it everywhere. It's a disaster. 
need a suitcase. <laughs> I usually borrow my uh, one of my sister's large suitcases. Thank you, Lisa. And um, I do have a small wheelie one as well. But apparently, Jessica, nineteen eighty seven, has an entire fucking set. Yeah, and, uh, and she's bought four the whole thing just for a week in, and a half in and a dress bag. <laughs> Well, Aunt Shirley is understandably a bit taken aback by the sight of all these uh, suitcases popping off the the baggage uh, carousel and says there aren't too many opportunities to dress up in Walkersville. Um, And Jessica's face falls. But then Aunt Shirley says, there's going to be the big square dance. Hooray! (laughs) And it's it's a social event of the year. And um, also some friend of hers has invited the girls to spend a day out on her farm. but Jessica's really listening because she's checking out the right airport staff. She is just such a horn dog. Just straight off the plane and yeah, <laughs> eyes open, scouting for lads. It's hilarious. <laughs> no one is safe. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a character, I suppose. Hmm. So uh, yeah, Liz notices this and is understandably worried that Jessica won't behave herself in uh, Walkersville. Like, when has she ever behaved herself? <laughs> Good point. Well, they drive to the town. It's about an hour away. The twins are inexplicably dazzled by, no offence to Kansas, what sounds like an extremely boring landscape. I mean, it is just fields and flatness. It's There is a bit where Jessica says, I've never seen anything so flat before. And my notes, I just went, what about Lila's face? (laughs) (laughs) Wow, Lila should have come here instead of going to Rome. <laughs> Our flat faced queen would have found her kingdom. She would have reigned supreme over Walkersville. <laughs> <laughs> she would. Well, uh, anyway, there apparently this extremely featureless landscape is beautiful. And I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. True. And yeah. the hour flies by as, uh, as Shirley and Herman ask them loads of questions about the whole Wakefield uh, clan. And they assume that the two girls are far too young to have boyfriends and are kind of shocked when Liz tells them about uh, hashtag poor Jeffrey. <laughs> yeah, um, they're they're both kind of so surprised by this, but like... I know, I know, like, yeah, I guess, obviously, some states are more conservative than others. But again, Shirley's like about to have a heart attack when she <laughs> finds out that Liz has a boyfriend. She's like, aren't you a little young to get serious about any one boy? Um, and Herman's kind of like, all right, Shirley, calm down. But like, uh, when they ask Jessica if she has a boyfriend, then Jessica kind of plays up to to what Shirley's just said. And she's like, no, no, I hate to get tied down. I'm much too young to get attached to anyone. So, of course making it sound like she agrees with Shirley when what she actually means is, no, I prefer to just dry hump any number of guys <laughs> rather than just one. <laughs> well, also, like, I've seen enough American films from, you know, I guess they're meant to have been young in, like, the the 30s and 40s. Like, teenagers in America, way more than on this side of the Atlantic, if films and books are to be believed, had much more sort of social freedom and were absolutely going out with people hmm. at the time. Like, it was not weird for somebody to have... Um, I've read the Betsy Tacey books, uh, which from like, you know, written back in the day about the early 20th century. And they're all about like people going to, I guess, in the Midwest, going to like square dances and, yeah. you know, parties. So I don't know why Aunt Shirley, they're, they're more like Victorian Irish Ooh. people. Yes, actually, very true. <laughs> 
very caught or, up in the social mores. But yeah, again, not even the ones of the time, but from like 50 years before. <laughs> yes. So uh, anyway, American listeners, do let us know if uh, if if Aunt Shirley and Uncle Herman are typical. Because um, like they're literally their objection is to going steady. It's not like they think Liz is, you know. <laughs> shagging someone behind the school bins as, <laughs> as we might remember from the sexy uh, Jessica and Bruce days oh, their, their trysts took place at... oh the glamour of it all <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, yeah they arrive in Walkersville and I have to say it does sound super cute it does it's very sounds like kind of like that bit in Disneyland that's all like old timey America you know that's very <laughs> Very wholesome, mm. white shutters. Uh, there's like a, yeah, they do say it's like something in a storybook. Uh, everything's really pretty and kind of white brick town hall. Uh, yeah. There is like one movie theater, a supermarket. There's like a big five and ten called Walkers, which is what the uncle owns. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is like, what is it? Like an old, an old fashioned five and ten cent store. So I guess it's something more glamorous and nice than like deals or. Yeah. <laughs> fancy version of that <laughs> i have to say i have just watched somebody somewhere um which i strongly recommend if anybody hasn't seen it uh with bridget everett and it is set in a small kansas town and the cat the town is very cute hmm. like it's got sort of very like 50s style you know shop fronts and it actually does look pretty nice so yeah. i'm it's, i'm imagining walkersville as being a a charming locale yeah it does to, it does sound nice would I want to spend 11 days there as a 16-year-old? Probably not. No. Yeah, I would not have appreciated it as a 16-year-old, I don't think. Yeah. I just thought, oh, this is cute, but like, I, there's nothing, nothing for me to do. I don't know anybody. I have to spend 11 days here. Are you serious? <laughs> well, apparently Uncle Herman owns the, the five and dime um, and he no longer works there. He's got a manager, but it's it's got an old fashioned soda fountain. That's the town teen hangout. And Jessica offers to help out there basically so she can pick up guys. Yeah. She, <laughs> she never rests. She never sleeps. <laughs> Really doesn't. She's always on duty. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on the hunt. Well, uh, Liz is, again, super excited about hanging out there. And uh, she she uh, she can't wait to uh, to spend 11 days in a lovely little town with no schoolwork to worry about, no responsibilities. I mean, that's fair enough. Nothing to think about but having a good time, getting to know her great aunt and uncle, and learning everything they could about life in a small town. I mean... What's Sweet Valley? Like a bustling metropolis. This is it. Sweet Valley is not a city. Like it is a kind of regular sized town. I don't really get this. Yeah. Mm. Well, she's very, very excited about it. And then she's even more excited when she sees the Walker's house, which again does sound very pretty. Oh, it's yeah, it sounds class. It's like, yeah, a rambling old Victorian. Uh, it's got the shutters, a wraparound porch. Like, it sounds lovely. Yeah, There's kittens sleeping in a wicker chair. And it's, you know, the lovely big old kitchen with a fireplace and patchwork quilts on the beds. So it's, it's very quaint and mm. very cute. Yeah. So Liz thinks it's as perfect as Alice said it would be and she can't wait to explore the town. But of course, Jessica can't wait to pick up some hunks. <laughs> She's already scoped out some guys even just from like a drive through the town. She's she doing has. like drive-by assessment of the town boys. It's great. Uh, well, Liz reminds her when they're on the road in their very cute room that Aunt Shirley does not think they're old enough to date. But Jessica is like, oh, come on. She's like, 
doesn't take this seriously at all. Mm. She thinks that Aunt Shirley and Uncle Herman will let them do whatever they want because they're doting all over them. But Liz is not so sure. And then Aunt Shirley appears and she's uh, she's got plans that aren't quite what Jessica had in mind for the day. Yeah, so she arrives in and says, oh, you know, your uncle and I are ready to take you into town now. Have you both freshened up? Uh, Uh So, of course, Jessica's plan was for her and Liz to just pop off into town themselves and have a look Mm -hmm. around. But they're going to be escorted by their (gasps) elderly great aunt and uncle instead. So that's (laughs) kind of going to cramp her style. It's going to be pretty hard to chat up guys with the town mayor hanging off her shoulders. (laughs) Definitely will. And... um... Yeah, she uh, actually insists. And when she leaves the room, Liz basically says, I told you so. But mm-hmm. Jessica's sure she can get around them. She can't spend her whole holiday trailing around these oldsters. <laughs> uh, so they head to the downtown area. And again, it does sound really, really cute. But the description is so patronising. <laughs> yeah <laughs> she, it does say oh she loved Main Street it was about, like being in a time warp and it's like yeah okay cute because you know, it sounds quite 50s-ish yeah lovely. exactly yeah but it's like everything looked slightly out of date as if time <gasps> had frozen and things remained exactly as they were 10 years earlier <laughs> so even like the styles in the clothing stores were out of date uh, and Jessica couldn't help feeling like a movie star as they walked down the street because <laughs> apparently everyone was just staring at her and Liz <laughs> and oh, this sickens me this whole town is just validating the sort of Wakefield exceptionalism that we know and hate. It's so true. Yeah, literally everybody is just like jaws dropping as they walk by kind of thing. And it's like, please don't (laughs) encourage her. Oh, God. (laughs) Well, they are wearing, well, I'm sorry, Jessica is wearing a uh, striking ensemble. That Mm. does not surprise me that, you know, she's (laughs) catching some looks. But there'll be more on that later <laughs> so uh yeah they um and surely is startled by jessica's outfit uh as well she might be but while they're walking along the street jessica makes an excuse to go into a shop um and she tells the others to go on and she'll catch them up and it's basically so she can pop into walker's five and dime to check out the guys at the soda fountain Oh my god, hilarious. Yeah, so she, I think they're outside walkers, so she like, it's so funny, Jessica, I just, I don't get how she operates, but look, she gets results, <laughs> so what do I know? But <laughs> she walks over to these guys, uh, just as she reached them, Jessica pulled her hair back with both hands and looked them over, enjoying their attention. They were staring at her as if she was some kind of celebrity, and like, she's literally just standing there, like holding her hair in her hands and staring them down. Then Sounds like deranged completely uh, do any of you guys know what time it is jessica asked finally when the silence was beginning to feel oppressive so they're all just standing there staring at each other until she finally asked for the time it's like what is happening lads seriously oh. <laughs> this is just ridiculous carry on but yeah the boys are just enamored and blushing as soon as she oh. says anything so she's doing a great job there now tossing her hair around and uh yeah just chatting up the lads it's so funny that she just walks over and stares them down (laughs) sort of poses just like power posing in (laughs) silence at them well as you say it works because they're all like oh Uh, but they're all flustered and turning bright red apparently one boy turns red as if she had just proposed to him and tells her the time and uh she, he says, you must be one of the Walker's nieces. Jessica tossed her head. That's right, she said, giving him her most flirtatious smile. We're told for the first time she wasn't envious of Lila's being in Rome. It was so much more fun standing out and getting attention. 
what? You'd rather be in this place being checked out by stereotypical rubes than <laughs> be in fucking Rome eating the best food in the world. Okay. Or some of the best food in the world. Some of the best meals I've ever had. I would not rather be checking out small town t- like dorks in Walker's <laughs> Wow, burn on Dennis. <laughs> well, Dennis is, I mean, I don't know. We're going to meet his terrifying girlfriend in a minute. But I don't know why she's so keen on him, because he is kind of a sap. He really has nothing to say for himself, does Dennis, yeah. Yes. So, uh, yeah, they're all fawning over him, uh, or fawning over Jessica. They're all tongue-tied, and they're all like, have you met any movie stars? Is it always sunny there? And uh, she's loving it, of course. Uh, but then Dennis looks nervous, and when Jessica looks in, you know, in the direction of Dennis's gaze, she sees somebody advancing towards them. And who could it be? <laughs> Why, it's Annie Sue and Mary. (laughs) Oh, God. It just, yeah, the stereotyping is kind of uh, just ridiculous in this one. So, yeah, Annie Sue is uh, is coming over and she is most unimpressed. Apparently, uh, the expression on her face uh, makes it very clear that she's angry about something and the way she's staring at Jessica, it was pretty clear what that something or someone was. Uh, Uh And one of the guys is like, "Uh uh-oh, Annie Annie Sue looks like she's pretty mad, Dennis. Um, like Dennis shrugged but Jessica thought he looked pale so so this terrifying girl is descending on them with her friend Mary uh, yeah and she marches right up to the group stares coldly at Jessica and she's like you she said in an unfriendly <laughs> voice must be the walker's niece which one are you and Jessica is completely bamboozled by this she's like she couldn't remember anyone being so deliberately unfriendly to her before this girl's voice is like ice and it's like yeah Jessica it's not like you've ever done this exact fucking thing to somebody else who didn't deserve it it's like don't really like it when the shoe's on the other foot do you (laughs) she certainly does not yeah she's never met anybody as you said who dared to like be a bitch to her so uh, she's frankly baffled yeah yeah, this makes no sense at all (laughs) though I have to say uh, Annie Sue is a stone cold psychopath. Oh my god, she's a little wagon. Like, I mean, yes, she's... everybody in this town is tough going. <laughs> yes, and she is. I mean, I'm just going to say it now. We get a, a supposed explanation for her absolutely appalling behaviour, mm. which gets worse and worse as the book goes on. And the explanation is bullshit. Oh, just... in many ways that we will also get into. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> So if you're expecting there to be some really, you know, complex reason for the way she's mm. behaving, listeners, there isn't. She's, no, she's just, just deranged. Yeah, she's just a bitch. Yeah. yeah. So she flirts. She says things like, uh, I suppose you think Walkersville is pretty small and boring compared to Hollywood, wherever you're from, she said in a high, unfriendly <laughs> voice. <laughs> Hollywood, wherever you're from. <laughs> And then she flirts rudely and weirdly with Dennis. Uh, She's sort of like, oh, I'm glad I ran into you, Den. She purred, stroking his arm with her hand. And she wants to, um, she can't wait to go to the party you guys are throwing tonight. And uh, apparently this is super rude to talk about a party in front of a total stranger. I mean, if it was somebody in your circle of friends... And you're talking about a party no one's been, that they're not invited to. That's super rude. But like, I'm not really sure how this is. It's She's being weird, but I don't think it's a terrible faux pas. But <sighs> Yeah, but I guess the way she's doing it, it's she is making it very clear that like there is something going on tonight. Jessica is not invited. Yes. Um, but again, like, why would you invite some random stranger yeah. to a party? But look, yeah, I guess the way that it's all constructed between 
everyone being told about the twins. It's like they're supposed to make them feel welcome. And maybe that's what they'd normally do in, in regular circumstances. But for whatever reason, uh, she's just making a real meal out of not including Jessica in this. Yes, true. Uh, I just thought it wasn't the rudest thing she does in this. No, because she, well, like, Everything true. she says to Jessica is super rude. And then this is the one thing that... Li- that uh, that sort of tips Jessica over the edge into like, <laughs> why is she doing this to me? We are told Jessica had never met anyone who seemed to take a, a, such an instant dislike to her. Really? It made her feel very <laughs> peculiar. Serves her right. I mean, you think it might make her reflect on her own behaviour and how, you know, how often she was that person being an absolute bitch to somebody for no reason. But no, (laughs) self-reflection is not a Wakefield trait. (laughs) Never. Well, Dennis is all embarrassed by Annie Sue's behaviour as well, he might be. And says, Mm. oh, it's just like a small party. But Annie Sue was all like, come, Dennis! And drags (laughs) him into the soda fountain. And uh, Jessica's just left there shocked and confused. Hmm. So she joins the walkers and Liz and they later they, they spot Annie Sue and when she asks Aunt uh, Shirley about her and Shirley says she's the granddaughter of her, her own best friend. One of the sweetest girls in town. Oh my God, yeah. She's so excited for the twins to get to know this girl. She's like, oh, we've been talking for months about how wonderful it will be when you girls all get a chance to know each other uh, and we're sure you're just going to be good friends as soon as you meet. So Jessica kind of hears all this and she's like, what the fuck? So she knows now that Annie Sue had obviously been kind of encouraged to be welcoming to the twins and yet she went out of her way to be the exact opposite. So she's just mm. like, what is happening? Yes. Though, I mean, you think an inkling of suspicion might think, wow, if somebody was bagging on about these perfect yeah. people for months, we'd be like, I'll be the judge of that. Yeah, fuck this. I'll decide for myself. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, then Aunt Shirley calls Annie Sue over and Annie Sue is still pretty rude and makes excuses and leaves and then Aunt Shirley says, isn't she adorable? Which is an insane thing to say about a teenager, especially when oh. he's been quite rude. But. True. Yeah, because I kind of thought I suppose when, that in front of Shirley and Herman that, that Annie Sue was going to turn on the charm so that it would make Jessica look crazy if she was to say that Annie Sue wasn't nice to her. But uh, but no, she's all like saying stuff in very cool tones, strange yeah. smile. Like, yeah, makes an excuse to leave almost immediately and yes, Shirley's like, oh, she's amazing. <laughs> Shirley, why don't you do? love her? <laughs> Well, that night in their super cute room, the twins discuss how weird it is that all the guys in town are super friendly, but the girls don't seem to like them. I mean, (laughs) I just don't understand it. (laughs) Well, Liz says they must be threatened that some out of towners will throw things off balance. Like, what sort of fucked up town is this? That, like, strangers coming for 10 days is going to throw out this social ecosystem. They'll never recover. <laughs> oh, they're, seriously, they're just a bunch of psychopaths in this town. Everybody yeah. is just like, they're, they make Sweet Valley look extremely sane. Oh my God. Way. Yeah, it's true. Everybody is their own brand of unhinged in this. Yes. Yeah. So Jessica jokes that they should give Annie Sue something to actually worry about. But Liz is worried about, you know, doing anything that might upset Aunt Shirley, who clearly is overly invested in the twins becoming <laughs> best mates with the locals. So Jessica suggests they try just killing Annie Sue with kindness. And Liz agrees that's the best option. Yeah. So a few days later, the twins enjoy a breakfast feast after church. This is the first time it's ever been mentioned, like religion has ever been mentioned in the Sweet Valley book. That's true, yeah. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah, and even then it's just like a throwaway kind of line about, yes, they were in church and now they're eating pancakes. That's all you need to worry about. So, uh, 
Yeah, there, I mean, this is a super waspy town, so hmm. I guess uh, we we know what sort of church it is. Well. <laughs> it's, it's not a Catholic one. <laughs> um, so we, uh, yeah, they they're chilling out. Uh, apparently, their routine this does sound quite nice. They have a late breakfast. This is every day. They have a, a lazy breakfast, and say, Uncle Herman reads the paper, and it sounds pretty chill and nice. Uh, but Uncle Herman has some big news today. Yeah, so as he's reading the paper, he says that uh, that they're in luck. Apparently the carnival will be in town for the next week. Uh, so the girls are like, ooh, the carnival? Uh, and yeah, he apparently he knew it was coming, but wanted it to be a surprise for them. Uh, and uh, yeah, so it's in town for a week and it's starting that day at five o'clock. And Jessica fucking shit herself with excitement. <laughs> I don't know why she's so excited about a fair, a fun fair. It's ridiculous, but there's even a bit where they're like, oh, we've never been to a carnival before. And it's like, excuse me now, you have been to very many fucking carnivals. This is absolute bullshit. Don't you lie to my face. (laughs) We have read books where you play on Ferris wheels. Stop this nonsense. (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, as you say, Jessica just loses her damn mind. She can't wait to show off her, you know, (laughs) incredible outfits. And Uncle Herman says, of course they can go. And he's starting to say something else. Jessica just runs off shrieking about uh, about what she's going to wear that night before he can finish the sentence. (laughs) So later that day, Liz is taken back by Jessica's ensemble. As, as well as she might be. Yeah. <laughs> she says Jessica looks like something out of a game show. Oh my God. Like, I do love that Jessica's like, look, right, going to a Midwestern town, gonna dress like Dolly Parton. This is what's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much her vibe. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm here for it. Oh, I love it. <laughs> uh, so uh, apparently, the yeah, Jessica says the carnival is like the event of the season. And she just read a romance novel about a girl who falls in love with someone who operates a Ferris wheel. So, uh, and he was strong but gentle. Ooh. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Liz says that any Ferris wheel operator who sees Jessica in her outfit will think she's a lion tamer. So that should whet your appetite for the description later on, listeners. <laughs> It's just um, as good as you imagine. Oh, it is. Well, that Shirley comes in and she's taken aback. Oh, God. Um, yeah, she's like, uh, Jessica, don't you think you should... Uh, uh, are you going to change before we go out? Uh, and Liz is trying to like hold in the laughter. But uh, so Jess gives her a dirty look and she's like, I am ready, Aunt Shirley. <laughs> um, but yeah, Mrs. Walker is not taking it very well. And um, yeah, she she's kind of trying to, to talk her into changing. But Jessica's like, oh, you know, I thought you'd really like it, Aunt Shirley. Uh, and tries to get a bit sulky with it. So Shirley has to, to back off and be like, oh, okay, in, in that case uh and jessica then again changes tack and she's like you know if you think that i'll embarrass you or something oh. uh so that then works into to, <laughs> to having her going oh no of course you won't embarrass me it's just well you know how small towns are uh people are accustomed to one kind of behavior one kind of dressing <laughs> uh, and again goes on about how her and uh, herman don't have very much experience with teenage girls um Except apparently yes, and- they love Annie Sue, so you oh, know what her- they're fucking obsessed with Annie Sue. Uh, yeah. Yet, yeah, I have no idea what teenage girls are like. But she also takes this opportunity to uh, to fill the girls in about some of the rules of propriety around Walkersville. Mm. Um, so, so Liz is like, "What are you trying to say?" And Shirley being all very kind and putting a hand on her shoulder. So Shirley explains that there's an unspoken an unspoken rule in town about the carnival. And oh the boys God. who work at the carnival <laughs> are known as carnies. <laughs> No, no slang. <laughs> if you can believe it. <laughs> what is this? 
Carnies. Carnies. So yes, she goes on to explain that generally they come from very different backgrounds oh. than any of the boys in town. Like, come on, fuck off, Aunt Shirley. They're not necessarily rough or anything, but they're certainly not the kind of boys either of you two would be interested in. I'm sure you know what I mean. Um, so she kind of gets up, kind of relieved to have gotten that out, and Liz just kind of nods and gives Jessica a silencing look and says, <laughs> "Yes, of course we understand. Every town has its customs, and we we never do anything to uh, to act out." Uh, while you're here or while we're here and surely you know you've both been so nice to us and uh, just kind of reassures her that that's all fine by them but um, as soon as she leaves of course Jessica is fuming <laughs> because she will have her first wheel operator if it's the last thing she does <laughs> Um, yeah, she's not outraged at Aunt Shirley's snobbishness. She's just more outraged that she's getting in the way of Jessica's uh, <laughs> Jessica's quest for for a carny hunk. Oh my god, her horny quest will not be stopped. <laughs> Whatever Shirley well, says. Also, actually, is such a fucking drama queen because when she, you know. Like, basically, Liz, you know, when Liz says, like, oh, yes, you know, we understand your local ways. And Trudy's like, thank you, faintly. Like, she's going to to pass out from the drama. Like, Shirley is the most dramatic bitch we've ever come across (laughs) in a Sweet Valley book. I do kind of love it, but she's a fucking dose. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, she is. Like, I mean, we we are no strangers in this universe to people making mountains out of molehills and creating dramas, but never to the extent of Anne Shirley. Shirley has them all beat. It's so funny. (laughs) So uh, Jessica, yeah, uh, after Aunt Shirley drags herself away, uh, says that she's had enough of being treated like a kid. She wants to have fun, not live under the supervision of these oldsters. So Liz knew that this was going to happen and uh, really took like 24 hours, I guess, 48, (laughs) maybe. Thereabouts, yeah. So they arrive at the carnival and it's kind of small. And Jessica's disappointed. Like, what the fuck did she expect? I don't know. And in fairness, like Herman did try to sort of temper their expectations when she was freaking out about it when he told them about it in the first place and was like, it is going to be a small carnival now, girls. Don't, uh, I don't want you to get your hopes up too high and be disappointed. But of course, that's exactly what they've done. Uh, because again, yeah, it's a small town. It's a small carnival. And uh, they're kind of like half-heartedly trying to win like teddy bears and stuff. And Jess is like, mm, this isn't any fun. Let's get away and explore on our own. So um they decide to go on the Ferris wheel to get a proper look at everything, I guess. It's a good vantage point for scoping out boys as far as Jessica's concerned. <laughs> but uh, but Liz is, is game on for it anyway, because, you know, she enjoys a Ferris wheel too, so off they go on it. <laughs> well, and it's a good thing they do, because when Jessica is, uh, I guess, up in the air, she, <laughs> um, she spies a hug at a corral. She like it's like her vision is like superhuman when it comes to hot guys. She's like the Terminator, just like zeroes in. Yes, this one. Um, so yeah, she spots there's like a, a corral uh, over at the edge of the fairground, apparently. And yeah, Jess has somehow spotted a hot guy. Uh, see the guy with the riding crop, the one with the dark hair. Um, so Liz apparently didn't get a proper look at him. So Jess, yeah, they're in a Ferris wheel. I mean, they are in a Ferris wheel up at a height, but apparently he's the best looking guy Jessica has seen since they've landed in Kansas so um yeah so Liz is kind of hearing all this and has like warning bells going off in her head because she's just like oh Christ this is definitely going to spell trouble so <laughs> for at least me if not everybody else um but yeah so Jessica as soon as they get off the, the ferris wheel absolutely reefs the arm off Liz to get over to the corral ASAP 
Yes, and when they do, the hunk uh, does not disappoint them close up. Um, he was very tall with broad shoulders and an excellent build. He had dark curly hair and was quite tanned with eyes that were an astonishingly beautiful shade of blue. All right, then. <laughs> oh, he looked 18 or 19. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, so we ask if they're interested in horses and Jessica lies and says that she is even though apparently Liz went through a horsey phase I guess this might have been in the twins books mm, and, probably uh, Jessica showed no interest but of course she's always up for lying to a potential uh, hug that's <laughs> <laughs> how she rules and uh, yeah the hug introduces himself and he's Alex Parker and he's no ordinary carny <laughs> Heaven for Perish the thought. No, so apparently his dad owns the carnival and he's just helping out by taking care of the horses during his spring break from college. Uh, so, yeah, he goes to Kansas City College um, and uh, yeah, he's kind of like, oh, I didn't know there was two such good looking lookalikes in Walkersville. So Jess explains that they're just visiting Um but yeah, she, oh yeah, as she's chatting to him, then Liz kind of hangs back a little and watches Alex with admiration and uh, kind of starts to realise that she actually thinks he's very cute as well. <laughs> he seemed smart too. Not oh. at all like a carny. Oh my God. Oh my God. Ugh. Well, you know, because of course, if you did seem like a carny, they'd have to just shut this down straight away. Honestly. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Jessica says that Liz wants to be a writer. Alex says that she'd like his brother Brad. Oh, yeah. Apparently they'd have a lot in common because this guy's majoring in English and wants to be a journalist. And not only that, he's Alex's twin brother. What? Yeah, apparently they're identical twins, too. Uh, so, the tw- you know, the two girls are all excited. Um, but, yeah, they um, they do kind of hit it off with this guy, Alex, or Jess does anyway. But uh, Liz then notices that trouble is heading their way because they see uh, none other than the terrifying Annie Sue <laughs> uh, coming up towards them uh, at the corral with her arm linked possessively through Dennis's um, <gasps> Yeah, yes. so that's, we're that's told she's there. dressed conservatively, though frankly, she's dressed like Liz. This is the thing. Okay, and I am going to actually say what this outfit is because, like, it's also hilarious in its own way. But yeah, it's like she was dressed conservatively, um, as she had been each time the twins saw her. She was wearing chinos and a yellow sweater with a round lace collar that made her look younger than sixteen. But like, they kind of went out of their way to say how all the styles in Walkersville are ten years out of date, and this is exactly the shit that they wear in Sweet Valley on yes. the covers. Like this is a pure Liz outfit, and they're trying to make it sound like Annie Sue is kind of like not with the times and wearing oh. babyish clothes. And it's like, nah, man, this is exactly what Liz wears. You all fucking wear chinos. Don't act different. <laughs> <laughs> well, Annie Sue uh, basically brags that she's quite the horsewoman, but but Dennis is distracted by Jessica's. We won't. I won't say exactly what the garment is, but I think it, it is. It's glittering, and he's distracted by it's like the room he is, and he's like, "Are those diamonds?" <laughs> Oh God! It's it's just this just feels unfair to the people of Kansas and yes. small towns in Kansas. <laughs> but yes, he's amazed by costume jewelry and mm. thinks that uh, yes, that that Jessica is wearing real diamonds. Um, so Annie <sighs> Sue kind of snaps at him. Of course, they're not. They're fake, Dennis. Uh, and it's all very uncomfortable and awkward. And Jess is kind of trying to decide how to play it. Like, is it better to let Annie Sue just fucking take this one uh, to try and, you know, impress Alex, of course, is what she's really interested in right now. But um, yeah, so I think Alex kind of tries to go back to talk to 
the twins, but Annie Sue just keeps kind of horning in on the conversation and being mm. really annoying. Oh my God, she really is. And when no attention's paid to her, she tries to pat a horse who is tethered nearby. And Alex stops her because it's midnight. He's a stallion who hasn't been broken in yet. He's highly strong and temperamental and he's he's no ordinary carny horse. He's a, <laughs> just he's like a, Alex. <laughs> Indeed, he's a thoroughbred. Don't you know? He goes to horse college. <laughs> Well, Alex is trying to sell him and somehow hopes the carnival is a way to attract potential buyers um, for, you know, a thoroughbred stallion that is presumably worth a shitload of money. Um, But uh, Annie Sue wants, wants, basically wants to go of him. Uh, But Alex (laughs) says, no, he's too temperamental. A tiny noise can set him off. So obviously the best place to keep him is in a corral next to a noisy fairground. Next to a fucking fairground. (laughs) Like, great plan there, Alex. But yeah, Annie Sue is is very disappointed and uh, and heads away off with Dennis anyway. Um, But yeah, Alex is kind of like, oh, I hope I didn't hurt her feelings. And yeah, Midnight is all very skittish and has to be Mm. patted and calmed down even from this little interaction. Um, But yeah, Liz then kind of mentions that she actually used to like riding horses when she was younger um but yeah she kind of she makes some comment about how um, oh you know some people have it and some people don't right Jess as kind of a dig at Jessica yeah. and her lies about being into horses <laughs> obviously she doesn't want Alex to know that she's making shit up but um yeah so they're both kind of um Jessica kind of angles then for for Alex to like give her some lessons uh she's like oh could you possibly find the time or are you too busy but uh but he's into it so yeah uh, he is Happy to oblige. <laughs> well, he is, but he's not free until the carnival closes at 10 that night. And Jessica's like, cool, I'll see you then. But Liz drags her aside and reminds her that there's a curfew. You know, um, Uncle Herman and Auntie Shirley will be keeping her eye, their eyes on them. But Jessica's like, oh yeah, whatever, like 10 o'clock, that's crazy. I mean, 10 o'clock is quite late to meet somebody. It is pretty late, yeah, um, to go out and meet somebody. Exactly, yeah. yeah that's fair. But anyway, Jessica doesn't take this seriously and thinks Liz is jealous because basically she saw a glint in Liz's eye when they were talking to Alex. <laughs> and Liz does admit he's cute and gets all kind of flustered. <gasps> yeah, she does actually blush and admits yeah. that she thinks he's cute. And Jess is like, what about Jeffrey? Yeah. <laughs> and Liz is kind of like, um, what do you mean? What about Jeffrey? I just said he was cute. That's all. Um uh, but yeah, Jessica's like, oh my God, you you actually like him. And is kind of amazed at this because she hasn't, because Liz is getting kind of defensive about thinking that he's cute. Yeah. So Jessica's kind of needling her a little bit. And uh, she feels like it's just kind of ridiculous that she's, you know, feeling this way about Alex. And she's kind of blustered by the whole thing. And she's not used to, to liking the same guy as Jessica, because usually they no. go with very different types of guys. Certainly do. Uh, but eventually she tells Jessica to leave her out of whatever scheme she's got going on and to remember Aunt Shirley and Uncle Herman. Mm. So uh, that, I guess they, they were literally having this conversation and sort of just a foot away from Alex because then they turned <laughs> back to him. And Jessica asks Alex about Brad, his twin, and apparently he's more quiet and academic. He's basically the Liz to Alex's Jessica. Uh-huh. And uh, he's kind of a big brother figure to him. Um. And apparently he's coming down tomorrow from college or whatever, but he'll be spending the day in the office with his dad. And Jessica hopes they can schedule a double date because they've never gone out with a, another set of twins. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I bet we'd attract a lot of attention. And as ever, that's just Jessica's game plan, yeah. regardless of what she's doing. It's like, if she's getting attention, she is happy out. She re- I mean, that's such a weird thing to say to, to anybody who isn't like such a crazed attention seeker <laughs> as Jessica. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, Alex says he, you know, laughs and says maybe they can work something out. And uh, he says uh, he'll see Jessica at half ten. So Liz is worried. Yes. So that night they have hot chocolate with Uncle Herman and Aunt Shirley who are fussing over them as usual. They're hoping they liked the carnival. They saw them chatting to Annie Sue and... When Jessica says that Annie Sue doesn't like them very much um, and Liz is like, yeah, maybe she's just a bit shy. Aunt Shirley is all upset and says, I can't understand it. I'm basically, she's, I've been banging on about you for months about how brilliant you are. And Liz is amused by this. Yeah, she kind of, kind of, yeah, she hears all this and it's like, well, okay, no wonder Annie Sue is less than 100% overjoyed to get to know us. She's like, she must be sick of hearing about us by now. Uh, and Mrs. Walker looked puzzled. I was only telling her the truth. As far as I'm concerned, you two are simply the most wonderful, the most brilliant. And she's like, oh my God, shut up, Shirley. Yeah. But, uh, but Liz kind of, um, kind of just laughs and she's like, oh, you know, you're such a good, a good PR agent. Uh, maybe all we have to do is, is reveal some of her shortcomings to Annie Sue and she won't be so intimidated by her amazingness. Oh, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> um so uh yeah they they um they're basically they're she's sure that when the twins see how you know, what gobshites they are or when the, when the locals see what gobshites the twins are they'll warm up to them and uh then jessica announces she hasn't been listening to any of this she announces she's going for a nighttime walk and and shirley and uncle herman are basically like what uh, and Jessica's very awkward about this. You think she'd have more experience of her, you know, of weaving a web of lies? <laughs> this is the thing. She's usually quite smooth in this type of situation, but she does this so badly. Um, but also, like, the aunt and uncle are so funny because, like, when she says she'd like to take a walk into town, her aunt and uncle were staring at her as if she just announced she intended to commit a felony. And, like, they are properly horrified. Um, Mrs. Walker is aghast. She's like, Jessica, it's quarter to ten. Um, but Jess is like, um, no, it's fine. I, I won't be out long. I just want to get some air. Um, and, you know, wonders why why she can't wait until tomorrow. But Jess is like, no, I want to go now. So then Mr. Walker tries to defuse the situation. He's like, well, why don't we all go for a walk? Oh, right Jesus. Here. Like, do us all some good. Um, and of course, none of this is going Jessica's way. So then she's like, she does reveal that she was planning on going back to the carnival. She said, trying to ignore the agonized expression on her twin's face. I don't know why she's coming clean either, because surely she knows like they're not going to oh. be on for this at all. Um, but hilariously, she explains that she met a nice guy there tonight and she's supposed to meet him when the carnival shuts down. And then fucking <laughs> fantastically. <laughs> you you met Aunt Shirley turned white. Herman, she said weakly, clutching her heart. My pills. <laughs> she is the most dramatic bitch, and I kind of love it. I just think it is so funny. She is full on about to have a fucking attack. <laughs> Mustn't be excited. Like, Walking. <laughs> what a Victorian invalid, is she? <laughs> oh my god. Put this bitch to the seaside to help with her vapors because <laughs> what is happening? It's so funny. It's like Jessica just murdered her aunt by going going out on a date. Like, oh my god, what a way to go. <laughs> Jessica literally says, he's not a carny. Oh, and fuck. And uh, but that's not enough. Je- and Shirley says, "There's no way you're going." And Jessica then sort of feigns. She comes up with another ploy. She's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I can't believe I did this. Do you forgive me? Please forgive me." And Shirley, this <laughs> she, she is a dumb bitch. 
Her eyes filled with tears. What wonderful nieces I have, she said, clasping her hands. Jessica, you're so mature. You've understood our point of view so quickly. I would have ever expected you to put up a fuss. Oh, God. Jesus. It's ridiculous. But then, of course, Jessica changes tack and it's so obvious, like, what she's doing. And yet they buy it because she's just like, oh, does a big yawn and she like, <laughs> tends to look surprised. And she's like, oh, I'm so tired all of a sudden. <laughs> and Liz, of course, sees straight through this. She's like, oh, really? Just yawns uh, again, much more dramatically this time. Boy, she exclaimed, patting her mouth. I don't think I can stay awake for a single second more. Must be all the fresh air out here. So then her aunt is like, oh, yeah, you see, you're much too sleepy to go out again after all. Um, But yeah, so she just feigns massive tiredness and Uh uh, says she's going to go straight to bed, even though it's literally like, what, quarter to ten. And uh, yeah, she's like, well, good night, everybody. And just heads (laughs) off, heads off to the bedroom. (laughs) Um, so Liz comes in after her and uh, can't believe that Aunt Shirley and Uncle Herman fell for this nonsense and of course Jessica's going to sneak out she'd rather die apparently than cancel the date or you know not show up on the date mm. um, and Liz isn't happy about covering yet again but of course she gives in Jessica sneaks out the back door by the way we are we were told earlier that they've got, their bedroom is on the ground floor with like next to the wraparound porch so why didn't she just climb out the window Oh yeah, that would make way more sense. Yeah, but instead Liz has to like leave doors open for her and so she can sneak out that way. Yeah, you're right. All she has to do is hop out the window and she's on the porch. Job done. Well, yeah. I mean, she's just making everything more difficult for herself because she's mm. a messy bitch who lives for drama. Well, there you go. <laughs> Goes to the territory. <laughs> so at the corral, Jessica wants to snuggle up beneath the stars, but she has to feign an interest in horses. Uh, and eventually she does admit that she's not exactly a horsewoman. Now, I know you are an equestrian, Karen. So is it... <laughs> former, former equestrian. When I was 12, I yes, was once well, rode horses and fish. Well, that's more than me. I'm just the sister of an equestrian. So I, <laughs> I'm you know, not much first-hand experience. But even I think that it is so insane that Alex says, oh, you've barely ridden a horse? Well, you're the best person to ride Midnight, this unbroken stallion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> That's it, because Jess admits that she doesn't know the first thing about horses. Alex comes out with this absolute bullshit, uh, and I just wrote down, I think Alex doesn't know the first thing about horses either, (laughs) because a beginner riding a stallion is fucking lunacy. Like, that is absolutely not what anybody in their right mind would do or say. You don't go anywhere near a fucking stallion until you are extremely experienced at riding horses. (laughs) I mean, stallions are terrifyingly huge, and they're they are really so scary. Like when I used, when I was like someone who, like, I did go for lessons, and like there was a stables that we went to, and they had this massive black stallion called Boson, and I was fucking terrified of him. And I only ever just saw him in the stable with like his head popping out over the door. Like he was lovely, but he was a big fucker, and I was like, wow, I'm going nowhere near that lad. And horses, even non, you know, giant stallions, even ponies, to be honest, like they are really strong. Like you think when you're holding the reins for the first time um as a you know i'm talking as an unexperienced person probably as, an exper- as unexperienced as jessica is like you need strength to control them because they will pull those reins right out of your hands like quite easily but apparently midnight is really sensitive and needs a gentle touch 
Yeah, you also need someone who knows what the fuck they're doing. So yeah, do not put Jessica Wakefield, <laughs> total novice, on a fucking unbroken stallion. Because yeah, you just, I think Alex wants her to die. That's what's happening here. Well, actually, that would make sense. So yeah, fair <laughs> enough, Alex, have at it. So uh, of course, uh, she mounts this giant horse really easily. I mean, you should see the sight of me trying to get the, the back of the horse. It's, it's a shameful sight, but uh, oh, she's basically... Well, everyone needs a boost. It's okay. <laughs> Well, she springs into the saddle, essentially. And of course, he responds to her masterful touch because she's got that sort of gentle uh, gift uh, when she's manoeuvring the reins as opposed to most people who would just be clinging onto them desperately. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. God, it's so ridiculous. But yes, Alex teaches her uh, the rudiments of of how to to ride a horse. And uh, yeah, he kind of shows her how to calm Midnight down if he does get a bit frightened or skittish or that. Like a, a special way to like pat him on the neck that calms him right down and uh, yeah and relax the reins and you know most people panic when they're mount panics the natural reaction is to pull on the reins so make sure you don't do that so he kind of just teaches her yeah what, what the right thing to do is if anything was to go wrong on midnight but like yeah this girl should be nowhere near this fucking horse like this oh is my so stupid. god <laughs> um, I mean she like she should be learning to ride on a small pony and just yeah, walking like, slowly around uh paddock being walked around like yeah i started off on a lovely white horse with black dots called smarties and he was oh! <laughs> <laughs> any photos of this for the grab <laughs> god probably somewhere buried in my parents photo album <laughs> so no <laughs> well jessica of course is parading around in her mighty steed and um she she has a great time. Um, so Alex wants to do it again and uh, reminds her that he can only meet after the carnival closes. And Jessica, of course, says that she can manage this. And it's like, for you, I'll do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so she reminds him of this prospect of a double date with her with both sets of twins. And uh, Alex ponders this and says he can just about manage it in his busy schedule. Now, we can't spoil the twist, but... I mean, if Annie Sue is a psychopath, then I'm just going to say now, so is Alex. Oh my God. Why is any of this happening? (laughs) This is just purely unhinged behaviour from this man. But uh, yeah, so yeah, Jessica does kind of um, angle for to set up Liz with Brad. um, Yes. Because their schedules are so ridiculous, the two two lads, that... uh, they just it doesn't seem like they're all going to be able to get out together but he says look um you know maybe there's some way like that we could we could introduce Brad and Liz um so he's kind of like oh i don't know um you know maybe i can manage it but he says to uh he tells Jess to to meet her there uh tomorrow afternoon at 3 and he said they'll both will both be there uh you and i can get together and Brad and Liz can get to know each other so this is going to be the plan for the following day so uh Jessica heads off and is delighted because even though she's going to be scheming again as usual to try and get out and see him the following night she now has this to try and win Liz over that uh there's the potential of of her meeting Brad to to calm Mm. her down so uh yeah I mean I I don't know why she's so into this whole double dating thing like for the attention, just the attention, but it's <laughs> the attention straight away. It's like not because we'll have a particularly good time, but because everybody will look at us. Yes. 
Well, the next morning at 10, uh, Liz wakes up Jessica saying it looks suspicious to sleep that long. It absolutely doesn't. She's a teenager. Like, there's so much weird talk about teenagers and how Jessica is sleeping too much and they're all concerned. And they're like, like, when I was a teenager, if I was let, I'd fucking sleep all day long. (laughs) Like, oh my God. Teenagers eat and sleep a ridiculous amount. That's it, yeah. Um, So, uh, but anyway, uh, she has to get up because they promised to help out in the soda fountain that day. Uh, And Jessica's distracted because she declares she's in love. (laughs) Yeah. uh, And Jessica or Elizabeth doesn't take her seriously and kind of teases her about it. (laughs) I mean, I wonder why. Jessica doesn't take kindly to this. And uh, she's like, no, you don't understand. He's amazing. He's so sensitive and so thoughtful. And Liz is like, oh, and so strong, but gentle, (laughs) like the Ferris wheel guy in the book. But uh, yeah, Jessica doesn't take kindly to all this taunting. And um yeah, she she tells her all about the the lesson that she got writing Midnight and how she was actually able to control him. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> of course she was. And, uh, Liz is kind of amused by this, in fairness. Um, but uh, Jessica chooses her outfit for the day, another banger. Mm. And Liz <laughs> realises that the other day she saw Mary, Annie Sue's friend, wear a headband like Jessica's and she hasn't seen one of those headbands in town before. How? How do you know? Like, mm, you've, you've only she's only been there a few days. Like, how do you know what the girls in town wear every single day? Like, like if you're taking notes on their ensembles, I mean, apparently she is. Well, so, she's a writer, you know. It's probably all in her journal. Oh. <laughs> Day three. <laughs> Annie Sue wore dangly earrings. <laughs> Very suspicious. <laughs> well. Liz thinks that maybe they're working in the soda fountain will, you know, endear them to the locals and. Um, as they head off, Jessica, you know, goes on about the rendezvous with Brad, and uh, she Liz feel is a bit like ah, I feel a bit weird about this, and uh, Jessica says Jeffrey wouldn't object. Hashtag poor Jeffrey. Poor Jeffrey, Jesus. <laughs> Off screen and still poor Jeffrey. <laughs> uh, again, an example of a character being out of sight and mind. <laughs> so. They arrive at the soda fountain and Mindy, the uh, worker there who's on shift, gives them a quick run through of the basics and then just legs us. I just say, fucking chancer. Oh my God. Yeah, Miley just like, what the fuck, Mindy? <laughs> because yeah, she kind of, again, shows the girl the kind of basics of, of running the place because it's like uh, there's hamburgers and hot dogs from the mm. grill and ice cream. Uh, are the kind of behind the fountain tasks. Yes. Um, yeah, so like, okay, lovely. But like, as you say yeah she shows them how to do that and then literally right before the lunch rush fucks off to do some errands leaving the two of them there alone yes. to figure it out it's ridiculous oh and, and mr campbell the manager clearly doesn't give a shit that his untrained workers uh are forced to like handle the lunchtime rush like they're not just serving things they are making the burgers yeah, like, do they have any idea how to, to work a grill? Because it doesn't seem like it. No. But they somehow manage to, yeah, g- get through the lunch rush, making burgers and hot dogs and scooping ice cream. <laughs> it just, it's it's all completely ridiculous. But yeah, just these two idiots are left behind the counter <laughs> and somehow everyone gets fed and everyone's happy. <laughs> Good for them. Um, so finally, the lunchtime rush kind of fades away and just the lads are left and the, they're all chatting happily. I'm sure they're still being like, do you know movie stars? Um, <laughs> and they, t- they tell them all about the twins about the square dance on Saturday night. But then who should come in? 
why, again, with a face like thunder, it's Annie Sue and her friend Mary. Uh, and there's four other girls tagging along behind them. But um, yeah, Annie straight away is just like giving out to Dennis. She's like, oh, I should have guessed you'd be here. Uh, Dennis is like, we're just having ice cream. Um, but yeah, Annie Sue is like, oh, we heard the Walker twins uh, were playing waitress for the day. Having fun, you two. And she's like glaring at the twins. Um, and they are trying. They're trying to be nice. They're, they've decided, look, we're going to go on a charm offensive here with Annie Sue. Um but it's it's not getting them anywhere uh, because Annie Sue then is like, oh, I guess you both think everything we do in Walkersville is stupid. We all know uh, you think we're just a bunch of hicks. You don't have to pretend, you know. Um, but yeah, oh, Jessica kind of... so tiring. Like, oh, she's exhausting. Like, so the twins kind of try and defend themselves. And they're like, no, we don't think that at all. But then it turns out uh, Mary fucking chimes in and oh. reveals that Annie Sue told all of them the other day how the two how the twins laughed at them the first day they came how you mimicked us and said how stupid our clothes are uh, so of course they try and protest that this isn't true but Annie Sue has obviously just been turning everybody against them and saying that they've been mocking them uh, even though that's not the case at all uh, yes so um, yeah Annie Sue has uh, brainwashed all her pals <laughs> and she's she is quite cartoonish because uh, when ridiculously. they when they say that this isn't you know that her lies aren't true, don't believe a word of it. Annie Sue cried, putting her hands over her ears and making a terrible face. <laughs> they're bound to say things like that now when their uncle is at the other end of the store. And then Wait, Uncle Herman, oh, <laughs> Herman was there the whole time when they were in that lunch rush. Yeah, what did that happen? <laughs> going on in this fucking shop <laughs> <laughs> well Annie Sue says that the twins are going to steal their boyfriends they're there for a fucking week Annie Sue you are absolutely demented this is she is but is she wrong because in fairness given the first opportunity Jessica will steal a bitch's boyfriend <laughs> oh, that is true <laughs> and yeah it, I mean just a, a, a week long stay is you know enough for her she is yeah. she's digging her clothes into Alex anyway so, uh, Je- like, she ins- Annie Sue insists that the boys leave with her, and they all trail out behind her because they're just a bunch of saps. Mm. And Jessica doesn't give a shit because she's got Alex to keep her distracted. But Liz is upset, and then Jessica reminds her she has to meet Brad for her date. So, what was supposedly going to be a double date is just Liz and Brad. Yeah, she arrives at the corral and sees, uh, like to her surprise, Alex was alone at the gate and he smiles inquisitively at her and she can't help feeling a bit disappointed. She's like, oh no, I wasn't Brad able to come. And she's like, oh, hey, Alex, where's Brad? And then he laughs and he's like, I'm Brad. Which one are you? Um, So he explains uh, that Alex had to make some arrangements to have midnight brought to a prospective buyer um, so he wasn't going to be able to make it so it turns out it's only uh, Liz and Brad that are, are making it to this afternoon date or meet up or whatever the fuck it is but um, yeah and Liz is she's amazed at how alike they are she's like, she's like wow I sound like a total idiot people always say that to me and Jessica and I always think it sounds stupid and yet here I am saying it about you um, but yeah which is actually kind of a funny moment for her of like oh yeah this is why people say this stupid stuff to us because it is the tr- actually the truth <laughs> yeah i mean i guess that's kind of uh, gives your sense of perspective mm. um so uh yeah they get on really well uh he's like a sensitive poetic type he tells her that uh tw- you know twins um they don't they may look alike but they don't act like him and alex look alike but they don't act alike and says the course i'm taking now in psychology says that that's called compensation you make up for similarities in appearance by reinforcing differences in character so this is like oh i feel so seen <laughs> um 
And uh, yeah, they get on really well. Um, it, but it turns out that he has to look after his little sister while his dad and Alex are at the carnival. Um, so he's rarely free then. Liz is actually relieved that they can't have proper dates because that sort of takes the sexiness out of it. Um, <laughs> but, but when they, they agree to meet at three the next day and Liz's pulse races, hashtag poor Jeffrey. Oh man, yeah, this is bad. Uh yeah, she knew the arrows were going to drag until she saw him again. And yeah, he, like Brad kisses her on the cheek. And yeah, there was no denying her pulse went a whole lot faster when he was near her. So she tries not to overanalyze her feelings again, or the fact that she has a fucking boyfriend. Oh. And uh, just floats on back to uh, the Five Elms homestead with its fancy porch. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, um, they went that night and excited Aunt Shirley tells them that Annie Sue's granny has invited them out to the farm for the day. Um, they'll, you know, check out the farm and they'll have lunch with Annie Sue and all their pals. So the twins obviously are not looking forward to this, but they can't get out <laughs> of it. And later, Jessica asks Liz about how things went with Brad and she admits she's meeting him again. Um, and Jessica can't wait to see Alex at the carnival. Apparently the, the whole family, like her and Aunt her aunt and uncle and Liz are heading to the carnival like every night. What are they doing there? I don't know. <laughs> I think they're going to go there and then Jessica will sneak out later because she can't oh. let Penny Rule spoil her fun. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> so next day, the twins dress in farm friendly gear, including bandanas. Ooh. <laughs> can't go wrong with bandana. <laughs> I just love that that's like, well, of course, we've got to wear bandanas if we're going to the farm. Otherwise, you're not led on a farm if you're not wearing a bandana. <laughs> no. Um, so Uncle Herman drives them there and Liz is sort of forcing cheerfulness um, because she wishes it was another, just another, you know, they wishes they, they didn't have to break their routine. I have to say, their daily routine in the, far, in, in the Walker's house sounds kind of lovely. Oh my God, it sounds amazing. Yeah, it's like uh, the routine so far is sleeping late, yes, Mm -hmm. having long leisurely breakfasts, lovely, Mm -hmm. spending the afternoon exploring Walkersville, delightful, uh, taking long bike rides, yeah, maybe not every day, uh, playing with the kittens uh, and relaxing on the big screened porch, going through old fashion magazines their aunt had saved from the 50s. Like, that's fucking ideal. Idyllic. Oh my god. That is Sign literally up. <laughs> that's like my ideal day. So <laughs> Yeah. The old fashioned uh, the old fashioned magazines actually. I was like, I just thought of you when it was like magazines from the fifties. I was like, oh Anna, I'd love uh, that. <laughs> I would. Let me add it on, Shirley. <laughs> I'll even put up with you being like, my pills. I'm ready to get overexcited. <laughs> There'd be no cause for alarm. We wouldn't be sneaking out after ten o'clock. We'd be happy oh. to go to bed at ten. <laughs> <laughs> right. Good night, lads. <laughs> Uh, yeah this holiday would be very different for everyone over 35 you're just like, <laughs> it's like it's boring for teenagers but fucking ideal once you're over 35 <laughs> well sadly they can't do that today they're stuck on a stupid farm and but it is very cute and mrs sawyer annie sue's grandma is lovely and she makes them a big pie for lunch so there's no sign of annie sue however so her little sister Janie is going to show them the ropes she's a cutesy little shite <laughs> Essentially, yes. So like, oh, hi. With her like pigtails and sort of, you know, angelic demeanor. Um, and, she is, uh, she's also wearing a red gingham dress. Apparently that could have been straight out of a Laura Ingalls Wilder book. See, I mean, uh, oh, well, maybe she, if only she'd go full Laura Ingalls Wilder book and get covered with leeches. Something traumatized <laughs> me at an early age. God. 
<laughs> I know everybody else who was a fellow fan of on the banks of uh, uh, Plum Creek will remember that iconic and terrifying scene that has made me scared of leeches to this day. Well, um, it seems reasonable. They're gross. <laughs> yes. So, but there are no leeches here. There is, however, a homicidal cow. <laughs> yeah, so Janie brings the kid, the twins uh, out to the barn because she's going to show them how to milk the cows. Uh, so she's like, oh, let's milk uh, Brownie, this big uh, brown and white Jersey cow. And she kind of brings uh, the cow out of the stall. She's like, here, Jessica, why don't you try first? She's like, here, reach reach down. Uh, she kind of positions the little stool on the left side of the cow. But... Um, and kind of gets her to, uh, to to go in and milk it. But like apparently Liz had like read somewhere that you're only supposed to milk cows from the right. Um, and just in time, she stops Jess or kind of like moves her out of the way because Brownie's about to fucking land a kick on Jessica. Because uh, apparently Brownie is super temperamental and only lets Mrs. Sawyer milk her. Yes. And uh, I mean, you can basically die from being kicked in the head by a cow. Oh, my God. Yes. Any kind of big animal kicking you. That is no joke. So, uh, yeah, Janie is quite happy to have uh, let the twins, like, she's literally put the twins in mortal danger. Mm -hmm. And she makes a crack about, you know, ooh, stupid city people always, you know, just don't know anything about cows. She's basically a monster for the rest of the day. Uh, Yeah, pretty much. Uh, The the twins kind of realise that uh, Annie Sue has clearly outlined to Janie various ways to torment (laughs) Liz and Jess all day long. Uh, Because for the next like hour or so, she tries to steer them into poison ivy. Uh, She takes them off on this big long walk in the woods to the edge of the farm, then runs off and leaves them there. So they have no idea where they are. Uh, She gets the twins to help her feed the pigs, which are kept in a fenced in yard. Then bursts out laughing when Liz is almost stampeded by like a load of pigs. Like pigs are fucking big. Like that is again no joke. She's actually trying to kill the twins all day long. <laughs> I mean, I have to respect that at some level, but also <laughs> clearly the psychopathy runs in the family because oh, uh, massively so. Yeah. So eventually they head for lunch, and uh, on the way, by the way, Liz just discovers that Jessica has yet another date with Alex that night. I don't know why she's shocked to discover this, but she is because it's pretty, you know, predictable. Yes. But um, Mrs. Sawyer is still lovely, but um, but Annie Sue and her pals just don't turn up. So they're not only punishing the twins, they're punishing her lovely grandma. Oh, and like, and her, her grandmother is lovely. Like, she's so nice. She made this massive lunch. She made like a big apple tart, made lemonade. And it's really awful that she's done this to her grandmother. Like, she's like, yeah, what were my notes here? Fuck Annie Sue for dragging her lovely grandmother into this. The woman made lunch yes. for 10 people. Like, <gasps> and she literally did because they sit down and have lunch and it's all really awkward because the grandmother's really upset because there's literally six empty places at the table. Oh. And she's made all this food. Like, why would you do that to your grandmother? What the fuck? <sighs> yep. Because uh, she's, she, she's really upset by all hmm. this. And... Um, yeah, Je- she asks Janie, does she know anything about this? Um, because it's clear that, you know, she's in she's in on it. Yes. Um, she says, I don't know anything. I'm only nine. Oh, fuck you, you little psychopath. Like, you are... <laughs> so uh, lunch is awful Mrs Sawyer is close to tears as she defends Annie Sue she's like oh there must be an explanation for it she's the most sensitive kind hearted friendly thing and I like that the twins just don't say anything they're just like (laughs) what can you say here yeah because even then like um, 
Mrs. Sawyer is like, oh, you know, maybe maybe, maybe she got sick or something. But she's like, but then you think she would have called. And it's like, yeah, I'm sorry, but your granddaughter fucking sucks. Yeah, <laughs> she really does. And uh, yeah, like Liz, you know, it's not it's really nice to like gives mm. her heartfelt thanks. But um, they're both kind of they're both rightly disgusted with Annie yes. Sue. And Mrs. Sawyer was like, there must be an explanation. But there isn't. And really, there isn't, listeners. There truly is not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So at home, Aunt Shirley is all like, oh, they're dead. There must be a mistake. And Aunt Liz is like, Annie Sue just doesn't like us. She's been rude to us all week. And hapless sap Aunt Shirley is like, oh, well, I guess you just have to continue to be nice to her. And Liz is like, okay. <laughs> I wish Aunt Shirley would just admit, wow, I guess I was wrong about Annie Sue. She's behaving very badly because, again, she's not hiding her terribleness. No, not at all. Um, yeah, and like she's still kind of, yeah, she kind of says, you know, maybe I could try talking to Annie Sue myself. But then Jess is like, no, no, uh, she doesn't want your aunt to have to like interfere on their behalf. She's like, look, we'll work it out ourselves. Don't worry about it. Um, but like the twins are just like, yeah, this is a fucking, this is not happening. So just <laughs> we'll just have to leave it because we are not <laughs> going to be friends with this girl clearly. And uh, on Wednesday. Uh, um Sorry, that night, uh, Jessica prepares for the date. Uh, she's uh, got yet another amazing outfit. <laughs> and Liz um, suggests that maybe all four, of, you know, both sets of twins could uh, could meet up at the famous square dance because the carnival won't be on that night. So Jessica is delighted and says, like, basically, who cares about Annie Sue and her crew? The twins will strut their stuff at the dance uh-huh. and show the town that the Wakefield twins don't need them. <laughs> more manufactured drama yes so on Wednesday Liz is about to head out to meet Brad when a thoughtful Aunt Shirley says she wants to talk to her because she's got some worries oh yeah she she's uh, she's quite concerned about Jessica um she's like has she been feeling well lately and Liz is like oh what do you mean um but yeah she's uh she's wondering does she always get this tired at home she's like I know I keep telling you girls this but your uncle and I really don't know much about teenagers but we didn't expect Jessica going to bed so early every night she's like I'm afraid she's bored here there isn't enough for her to do in Walkersville so then Liz has to try and cover for her and she's like oh no no she's having a wonderful time we both are um and she kind of she realizes yeah that Shirley thinks Jess is so bored she's inventing excuses to go to bed early um but Shirley's like do you think it's normal you know your mother called me last night after you girls had gone to bed wanting to say hello and she couldn't believe it when I said you were both asleep um <laughs> so like I don't know why why does Liz have to go to bed at half nine as well just because Jess does could she not just stay up yeah and just be like oh you know I'll just go in really quietly when I'm going to bed but for some yeah. reason it seems like <laughs> Liz has ridiculously been locked into also going to bed when Jess pretends to and has to like stay in her room from half nine onwards every night uh yeah it's I mean it's it's not a particularly realistic situation but I guess we shouldn't be surprised with that but Liz <laughs> is raging at yeah, Jessica, she's having to make excuses. Yeah, and it's and she's having to lie to Aunt Shirley, which she obviously isn't happy about. Um, and like, yeah, it's kind of like at this stage, it's every night Jess is sneaking out, and she's yeah. just fed up of having to cover for her. Yeah, I mean, in fairness, she's had to do this for years, so you can see why <laughs> this is like she's finally hitting breaking point. <laughs> it's worn very thin. But uh, then she tells Aunt Shirley that she's meeting uh, Brad, and Aunt Shirley is frankly revoltingly snobby about carnies once more. 
Oh God, yeah, she she stops short of needing her pills again, but um, <laughs> but she's still distraught at the whole situation uh, and says, uh, "Yeah, you know, I thought I thought we understood each other about carnival boys. She's like your mother would never forgive me if she thought I was letting you girls run around with that kind of fellow." Uh, and Liz is like, "What kind? He's a perfectly nice guy." Um, she's like, "Look, I know, I know you, you know, you feel like you're protecting us, but he's very sweet. He's in college. Um, he doesn't even work at the carnival. His father owns it." Uh, and Shirley's like, "Oh, we we don't even." know him can't you bring him back to the house and give us a chance to meet him uh and liz is like oh god no like <laughs> she's mortified by this whole thing at the thoughts of having to drag brad to meet her aunt and uncle before she like meets him for an afternoon date uh so it's all very awkward and shirley isn't happy about any of it <laughs> i mean shirley is making her life more difficult for herself than really she yeah. needs to be but um yeah so um liz basically grabs a bike and escapes <laughs> she makes a getaway yeah I think she eventually kind of talks Shirley around uh, or she's kind of placated by the fact that it's the afternoon rather than you know heading yeah. out at night uh, because you know nighttime means sex but uh, <laughs> yes yeah, so she uh, manages to head off to meet Brad but she's also just like oh god if it's this hard for Shirley to accept the fact that she's meeting Brad like in the daytime just like imagine what she would do if she knew that Jessica was oh. actually sneaking out after hours to meet Alex so she was just like oh god she's going to have to come up with something better than like sneaking out every night um because yeah she's not going to keep getting away with this for much longer she reckons no well Liz arrives in town when she's waiting for his Brad she sees Mary and uh, another one of the girls and they're they're basically dressing like Jessica yeah she sees that uh, Carol who apparently is a small slightly plump redhead like come on guys uh, who ordinarily wears blue jeans and sweaters uh, is wearing a sweatshirt dress which is apparently much like uh, one that Jessica wore the other day so uh, and there's more headbands popping up as well (laughs) here and there so Walkersville is suddenly headband central in the Midwest. Yeah, uh, apparently that's like they're the only people who could ever wear hair bands like (laughs) hair bands are this new (laughs) innovation. (laughs) <laughs> um, so somehow this mystifies Liz and she wonders if Annie Sue's hatred of the twins comes from a fear of basically losing, losing her terrifying iron grip over the local <laughs> girls um, so uh, yeah she she meets Brad who's uh, definitely dressed like Liz's preppy type mm-hmm. and they head to the prairie and it's apparently wildly beautiful yeah, um, apparently it's a lovely place to go hiking. Uh, I don't know. Again, it's all like open land. There's a, a drop off point. So the prairie seems like it, well, it goes a step down the hillside. I can't really picture it. I don't really know what they're talking about, but it sounds nice and yeah. they have a lovely time. <laughs> uh, yeah, they are. Um, they're, they're, out, they're on a bluff. Um, and uh, gazing, well, I'm not really sure what a bluff is, but... Um, <laughs> is it a cliff? I don't really know. I couldn't really figure yeah. out what they were talking about for any of this. So, whereas we've never been to a prairie, so prairie <laughs> listeners, let us know what a bluff yeah. is. Because, um, uh, yeah, he's such a Midwestern guy that he reveals he's never seen the ocean. Uh, and he imagines it would be like Elizabeth's eyes. Oh, God. <laughs> so there's a weird sort of sexual tension between them, but don't get excited, listeners, because nothing happens. And they, they're they getting on well. They're chatting. He talks about Jessica a lot, which Liz rightly finds odd. Mm, yeah, he keeps asking about her. Uh, and 
Liz kind of uh, makes an observation about him at one point where she's like, you almost seem like two different people. Sometimes you're serious and withdrawn and sometimes you seem much more, I don't know, outgoing, almost brusque. Uh, So he kind of like shrugs and smiles and he's like, oh, I guess I can be a little moody Uh, and like doesn't seem eager to pursue the subject somehow and just distracts her with some nice view or something over the bluff. But uh, yeah, they it's also a point where it seems like they're going to kiss, but then they don't. Yes. Um, And Liz kind of is a bit flustered and can't really figure out whether she's relieved or disappointed by uh, by that um yeah so the, the tension is there but mm. um but yes nothing happens so liz returns to find she missed a call from poor jeffrey poor jeffrey remember you got a boyfriend uh oh. but yeah so <laughs> she rings him back uh, has to make like a long distance call and she's really happy to hear his voice and kind of as she's chatting to him realizes suddenly realizes how much she's missed him <laughs> oh god seriously hashtag <laughs> poor jeffrey fucking hell this poor guy but uh yeah everything kind of starts to feel normal and better again and she kind of fills him in on annie sue being a little cunt and uh their <laughs> terrible day on the farm <laughs> about Walkersville and the carnival um she tells him all about Jessica and Alex but leaves out obviously the fact that she was out with Brad uh, on uh-huh. her sexy walk <laughs> out at the bluff but um yeah kind of then lies to Jeff a bit says because uh, he asks where she was when uh, when she missed the call and she's like oh I was just wandering around town and uh. apparently she's going to tell him everything when she gets home but I fucking doubt that oh um, no way no way like uh but yeah after chatting to him anyway she's reassured that uh, her heart belongs to jeffrey and uh she she means it when she tells him that she loves him so she realizes yeah no brad and me we're just going to be friends because because jeff is the one for me oh well i mean you're for now <laughs> enjoy it while you can jeffrey because <laughs> it doesn't last someone's coming back from vermont quite soon <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Liz wants to talk to Jessica about the fact that Anne Shirley thinks that she has some wasting disease, basically, <laughs> and uh, doesn't get a chance all evening because Jessica feigns weariness yet again, heads off to bed, and uh, the aunt and uncle are like, they want to call the doctor, uh, or at least Alice. So Liz is like, <laughs> okay, this has gone too far. Yeah. Uh, and she hurries after Jessica, um, who's in their room preparing for her sneaking out. And Jessica says she can't believe how easily worried these two freaks are. Fair enough. <laughs> Neither can I. <laughs> they are very easily freaked out, it's true. <laughs> well, Liz says that Aunt Shirley and Uncle Herman are worried that Liz is pretending to be, or sorry, that Jessica is pretending to be sleepy because she's so bored with them. So they're like, they're getting upset. And uh, apparently they've already called Alice, but if they do, and Jessica know, or Liz knows that if they call Alice again, Alice will see through Jessica's ruse. Like she'll know mm. something's up. Yeah. Um, so she begs Jessica to stay home because this is just going too far. But Jessica escapes. Oh, she's off out again. Uh, yeah, this is like, no, leave the door unlocked for me. I'm out of here. Uh, so she's gone. But uh, yeah, this time there's a knock on the door and uh, it's Shirley uh, wondering if the girls are asleep yet. So Je- Liz is kind of casting around like, oh shit, now what am I going to do? Because Jess obviously isn't here. But then uh, she sees out in the hallway that the door to the bathroom is closed. So oh. of course, when Shirley walks in and is like, where's Jessica? Uh, Liz can just say she's in the bathroom and just kind of pretends like she's calling at Jess to hurry up in there. Um, mm. Because uh, she you know, has about a million things she puts on her skin before she goes to bed, kind of like making things up on the spot to, <laughs> to uh, explain the absence of Jessica. But uh, yeah, Shirley says that they've decided not to 
to call Ned and Alice and uh, says that she, she doesn't want to worry them. Uh, and she kind of says, uh, I guess things like this are fairly common with girls your age. It could be anything, a virus, the change in climate. She cleared her throat. Even depression, she whispered meaningfully. Um, so, oh God, and this is awful because then Liz is like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe Jess is a little depressed. And it's like, oh God, <laughs> this is really going too far, Liz. And kind of says, you know, maybe if you left us alone, I could get her to confide in me. And Shirley's like, yes, of course, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, if, if she is a little depressed, it won't help having us hovering over her, asking her all kinds of questions. Um, so that's kind of put Anne Shirley off for another night at least. But like Liz just feels awful about this as you would but uh is also like no I'm, I'm not covering for her anymore after this like that has definitely gone too far I have had it with this yes I, it's like and well widely so like this has been yeah. preposterous mm. Um, so before we head to the corral, we would like to remind you that we are proud members of the Headstuff Podcast Network. And uh, we'd like to, you know, take a little break every week and tell you about another podcast in the Headstuff stable. And uh, this week, it's basically with Stephanie Preissner. Yeah, so yeah, basically it got it covers everything. So from understanding roles in government with guests like Antisha Camille Martin, uh, they break down the complexities of the pandemic uh, with uh, Professor Luke O'Neill. She gets all kinds of great guests. So and chats about anything from personal finance, personal and mental health, everything from death to taxes. Stephanie <gasps> is here to break everything down to its basics. So if you want to check out what the show is like, you can have a little listen here. Hello, my name is Stephanie Preisner and I'm here to tell you about my show, Basically. It's all in the name, really. The show makes things basic for people. We've done episodes about world religions. We've done episodes about COVID. We've done episodes, a lot of episodes about mental health and different aspects of mental health to make things accessible to people. One of the great things about the podcast is that you can contact me and let me know what topics you would like. So have a listen, see if anything tickles your fancy. And if there's something there that you think is missing, please get in touch with the show. We'll cover the topic and then you can listen to it. We're part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, so you can find us on headstuffpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. And now... Back to Walkersville, where yeah. Jessica is at the corral and Alex thinks she's ready to canter on, as my notes say, a giant fucking stallion. Oh, no. <laughs> Get her off that horse. <laughs> I mean, uh, or let her stay on. We could, you know, what well, we <laughs> It would certainly put an abrupt end to the series. <laughs> Um, so uh, yeah she's cantering away she's a natural horsewoman of this mighty beast and uh, when she dismounts Alex declares his love <gasps> yeah he admits that he's he's starting to fall in love with her uh, and uh, <laughs> Jessica uh, feels that there's a million things she wants to say to him but uh, of course she's only going to be there until Sunday they barely know each other uh, but talking wouldn't change the way she felt so she realises that she's falling for him as well and uh, everything about the night was magical so um, they kiss <gasps> and uh, it's amazing so of she's course. like who cares how little time we have left and apparently uh, however hard it would be to say goodbye it was worth it for the magic of that moment so she never wanted the magic of his kiss to be over <laughs> but later she says she can't risk sneaking out again tomorrow night so she suggests mm. they meet in the daytime um and he can't um so she suggests she she says she'll go to the carnival early instead of this you know late night sneak out yes. and when she asks him about the square dance he says he has no plans to go and then she oh my god 
She pouts. Extremely unappealing characteristic, Jessica. <laughs> and uh, she's like, Earthman, last night, you have to go with me. And then, like, it's like, we we promise we go to double date. Like, it's fucking weird. You want to, you're obsessed with going on a date with your sister. That is true. Yeah. You'd think she'd want to be alone with him, but uh, no, she wants her sister there to see it all. <laughs> I don't yes. know why. Um, but yeah, is is getting kind of frustrated that the four of them haven't managed to get together. Uh, so Alex relents and says, oh, OK, you know what? Uh, it's it's a date. But uh, while she's all delighted and uh, throwing her arms around his neck, Alex kind of realizes there's someone standing over there who looks familiar. And he's like, <gasps> do you know that girl? She's staring at you like you just murdered her best friend. <laughs> Can you imagine, Jesus? Jess looks over, and of course, staring at them in the darkness is the terrifying form of Annie Sue. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she is terrifying, it has to be said. She's so scary. It sounds like something from a horror film, to be honest. But uh, (laughs) yeah, so Jessica has been caught rapid now. And uh, now that Annie has seen her with a carny, uh, (laughs) she's definitely going to be in trouble. So Annie is out with Dennis uh, watching the scene intently. And uh, yeah, Jess knows that uh, she's in trouble now. (laughs) Well, the next day, the twins head to the soda fountain on their bikes. And Liz is really pissed off with Jessica. Like, basically, she's, you know, her reckless behaviour has matured that Aunt Shirley is going to find out about... um, her escape nighttime rendezvous and Ned yeah. and Alice will never let the twins go anywhere again because they clearly betrayed their aunt and uncle's trust mm. but uh, Jessica just bangs on about Alex and now she's going to move to Walkerville and meet him at weekends <laughs> oh god yeah she's a uh, woman obsessed <laughs> she is so uh, I do like when Liz jokes that if she's planning on going you know sneaking out to go to Kansas City at the weekend she's going to have to pretend to go to bed at 3 o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> That is quite good. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they arrive. And when Jessica puts her hair in a head, a rhinestone headband, this reminds Liz that she's seen several local girls adopting the Jessica look, as it's described. Yes, that's it. She actually lets Jessica in on what she's seen so far. But uh, Jessica isn't particularly taken with the idea. She's like, hmm, am I supposed to be flattered? Somehow the thought of Mary Hamilton or her friend Carol dressing like me doesn't thrill me. <laughs> I thought she'd take a imitation wherever you know as a yeah. as flattery wherever she found it but well, you would think it's clearly her influence on these girls but uh, no she's not happy well the soda fountain is quiet that day and uh, Liz goes into the stockroom for something so Jessica is alone in the soda fountain when who should come in but Annie Sue mm-hmm. and she is so creepy <laughs> that I am amazed how anybody could possibly think this girl was ever adorable Oh my god, she is terrifying. Yeah, she um she comes over like very casual, like sets her handbag down and stares at Jessica, like just like unbroken eye contact as she sits down at the counter and puts her handbag down. Um and Jess is like, Can I help you? Because there's an uncomfortable silence at this point. And Annie Sue looked at her for another minute before answering, like, My God, call the cops. What is wrong <laughs> with this girl? But uh, yeah, she's like, Oh, did you have fun last night, Jessica? Um, and Jess is like, Yeah, as a matter of fact, I did. Why do you ask? Um, she's like, Oh, just curious. And she's all doing all this while like studying her reflection in a little pocket mirror. Um, oh. And uh, then says, Oh, that's that's a nice headband you have there. And Jessica kind of can't really figure out what Annie's up to and like why she's here and 
paying her weird compliments and being extremely creepy about the whole thing. But um, yeah, and he's like, you know, I was just wondering if your aunt and uncle knew you were out so late last night. Somehow I don't think the walkers were big on the idea of their wonderful nieces running around town unchaperoned after 11. Uh, And Jessica, for some reason, admits that Shirley and Herman didn't know she was out. Yeah. I don't know why she gives that. Like, that's just handing ammunition to any <laughs> yeah, city, really. Would, you know? If she was just like, yeah, no, it's fine. They know all about it. Annie couldn't do anything about that. What's yeah. she going to do now? Like, do you know? But like, anyway, don't yeah. throw yourself at her mercy, Jessica. Um, exactly. Yeah. Also, is there not a certain amount of like, I saw Jessica at the Devil's Sacrament. Like, and what were you doing at the Devil's Sacrament, girl? <laughs> yeah, exactly. To all of this. At half dead at night at the exactly. What were you doing out and about? Yeah. <laughs> Sneaking around at 11, missus. <laughs> Well, she gets, Jessica says, like, look, what is your fucking problem? Why do you hate us? And Annie Sue gets even more creepy. Um, she's terrifying. So she's, uh, she's like, oh, nobody hates you. And then keeps saying, I like this hair, like your hair band. Uh, have you got another one like it? Jessica wonders, like, what is wrong with her? Literally <laughs> wonders if the girl was off her rocker. Says it was handmade in LA. A friend gave it to me. Really? Annie Sue looked at the headband with increasing interest. <laughs> this is literally like a sort of a monstrous creature a sort of coming mm. to the human world. It's like, can I have it? She asked casually. And Jessica is like, what? And then says, but it was a present. I don't know why you're like trying to give reasons why you can't give it to her as, instead of laughing around of it and going, no, no, fuck off. Whether <laughs> with the present or not, she's deranged. Yeah, throw a hot dog at her, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got a hot spatula there somewhere. Just whack her yeah. with it. You're well defended. Come on. <laughs> so uh, she, uh, Annie Sue says, so what? Give it to me. <laughs> and then uh, Liz, basically Jessica says, so and if I don't, you tell my aunt and uncle. Annie Sue smiled. It was a cold, terrible smile that made Jessica incredibly angry. That's right, she says. And then oh, Jessica God. gives her the headband as Liz comes out and uh, Annie Sue leaves and she tells Liz what happened and they realise Annie Sue has them at her mercy. <laughs> yeah, so she's blackmailing Jessica for funky accessories. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I can see why those accessories uh, would, you know, drive anybody to crime. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, they, there's a there's a strange um, there's, I mean she's been wearing quite a lot of outlandish out, pieces which mm. I'm sure you will describe later so on Friday they head with their aunt and uncle to an old inn called Holland's Head that serves a ginormous carb fest sounds, yeah, sounds kind of amazing yeah. it does. it's <laughs> like a lot pies and mashed potatoes and uh, <laughs> and chicken legs <laughs> It's uh, it's it's quite a spectacle, but Jessica can't enjoy it because she's thinking of all the things that Annie Sue has forced her to hand over over the last few days. This, this is a lot. Oh my god, it's so many things. And actually, yeah, we, we will run through them because I will literally be here all day otherwise <laughs> describing <laughs> all the outfits. So so far, she has had to hand over uh her headband, <laughs> a plastic sport watch. Like oh no, and you know I can just picture it, and I know it's bright yellow. The way everything, the sports edition of everything was bright yellow in the nineties. Oh, no <laughs> um, a rhinestone pin, and apparently Annie had or Annie Sue had extracted promises for several things that Jessica just didn't happen to have with her, including, and this hurt most of all, <gasps> her red cowboy boots. Oh come on, Annie Sue, you bitch! That is just too far. Oh my god. <laughs> 
So, Anisu, as we know today, is deranged. Oh my god, she is terrifying. <laughs> She's, this is like a, an extortionist, extortion ring, basically. <laughs> um, she's, well, I mean, is it a ring? There's just two of them. Extortion racket. <laughs> but um, apparently, uh, Jess- Jessica is obviously just thinking about this, but apparently um, Aunt Shirley and Uncle Herman are uh, obsessed with... Um, take them all going together to the square dance because apparently in Walkersville everybody hangs out with their elderly relatives at social occasions all the time. Oh god. Yeah and again like they're really like surely again the drama double oh date god. when that they reveal that's actually their plan. She repeats it blankly. Girls why didn't you say something to us to this about this to us? Who are these boys? And uh, yeah they're both like really surprised by this and they're like you know I'm sure your aunt and I would have preferred it if you discussed your plans with us before solicitation them and it's like but if this is like the big kind of social thing I mean well I guess it's not Sweet Valley where everyone has to have a date for every mm. fucking time they venture outside the house That's but good. like you know yeah I don't know why Shirley and Herman were like of course the twins want to go to this big dance thing with like their elderly great aunt and uncle <laughs> like come on now like by all means go as a big group but like don't be surprised if the girls want to go with some teens they've met yeah, like I mean we see that the teens in this town do date Annie Sue has her victim Dennis yeah poor, poor <laughs> Dennis with literally nothing to say for himself all he does is trail around after her like it's kind of ridiculous but yeah like clearly teens in this town do date so it's not like it's an alien concept no but absolutely we not well, uh, Liz waits in town that day for uh, Brad, for what we're told is going to be their last ever date. So, yeah, they're basically are dating poor Jeffrey. And <laughs> Annie Sue approaches and is as creepy as ever. So, like, you don't seem very happy to see me. <laughs> Annie Sue said with a little pout. Oh, my God. Slap her in the face. <laughs> well, Liz is like, uh, what is your damage? We wanted to be friends with all of you. You haven't given us a chance. And for a second, Annie Sue looks like, you know, she might change her mind with these, <gasps> these words, but then she hardens and demands this is sunglasses. Fuck's sake. Yeah. She's like, you know, I like the sunglasses you're wearing. You wouldn't mind lending them to me for the day, would you? And Liz is like, um, yeah, I do mind. I need them. Uh, and Annie Sue is like, oh, more than you need me to keep quiet about your sister. So Liz has to hand them over. And she's like, I do not understand you. How come you hate us so much? Um, and Annie Sue just heads off, uh, delighted with herself. But mm. yeah, so <laughs> Annie Sue's... Now maybe there's an extortion triangle now if Liz is oh, involved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not quite a ring yet, but definitely no. a triangle. <laughs> Um, so uh, yeah after uh, the extortioner leaves Brad arrives and uh, apologetically asks her to come to the corral because apparently uh, a buyer is coming to see midnight later so he has to like do some admin and uh, they head off Brad looks very rugged but she realises she doesn't really fancy him properly and she tells him about Annie soon he's enraged on her and Jessica's behalf so when they arrive at the corral, there's a nail sticking out of a gate and uh, he has to sort this out. Um, but he cuts himself badly on the nail and Liz helps you know, tend to him. And he says, you're such a sweet girl, which I don't know why I found so creepy. There's something very patronising about Brad and Alex. Yeah, I think one, one of them called Jessica Kid or something yes! at some point. I was like, mm, that's what I'm thinking. I don't like this. <laughs> So it's not at a like, here's looking at you, kid. Yeah. Way. It's like, it's like you're a good kid. 
It's like, yeah, yeah she is no. a fucking kid. And you're in college. She is, six, so. she is 16 and you were in college. Get away from her. <laughs> <laughs> so Liz has to head home and Brad hopes Alex arrives soon to relieve him of his duties. And um, Liz says that, look, my aunt and uncle really want to meet both of you. And uh, can you drop by the house? Before, you know, um, and Brad is a bit like, uh, okay. Um, so Liz is finally totally confident that there's like no spark between them at all and hopefully this will be blatantly obvious to the, her aunt and uncle so they'll stop worrying about her yes so oh my god back at the walkers <laughs> Sherry and Herman sit the twins down and say they can't let them go out with strangers whose families they don't know I mean I in Ireland at the time and <laughs> god knows this was we're not a hugely liberal country but I do not know anybody whose parents met their part boyfriend or girlfriend's parents. Like you weren't introdu- you know, uh, you weren't yeah. introducing your parents to each other. No, although in in my case, I'm from a fairly small town, so it was, it was more likely that they'd already just know the parents, and it'd be like, yeah, Grant, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we know who those people are. That's not a problem. <laughs> Everyone kind of knows who everybody else is. It's fine. <laughs> and even in the big city, I don't think any, I don't remember anyone being like, well, we don't know here's like you might want the parents might want to meet the actual boyfriend. Yes. But they didn't sure, uh, expect fine. like a family tree. Yeah, exactly. That is a bit uh, excessive, I would say. <laughs> yeah, me, meeting the boyfriend, fair enough, but like demanding to know the family, it's like, no, you're not getting married. Like, yes! come down. <laughs> Well, Aunt Shirley and Uncle Herman, it's it's this is all these the concept of not having a full formal introduction like they're in you know Regency <laughs> London is too much for them. So they just can't let the twins go out on this date, especially with the Jessica's sleeping sickness. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, her condition. <laughs> yeah. So Jessica doesn't run away crying, she stops away crying. Oh my goodness, yeah, and uh, she yeah heads off to the room and of course Liz goes in after her only to find Jessica tearing through the drawers of the dresser looking for something and because uh, she's getting changed because she's out of here. <laughs> oh, yeah, so yeah, Jessica's um, basically, Liz tries to comfort her by saying, look, we're going home like the day after tomorrow, but she says, that makes it worse. Oh, this <laughs> robbing me of the last minutes I have left. So off she goes. So at the corral, an excited Alex tells Jessica he has a buyer for midnight and who could it be? Oh my goodness, it's Annie Sue Sawyer's dad, Mr. Sawyer. <laughs> yes, uh, and he's buying uh, midnight for Annie Sue and uh, he asks Jessica just to keep an eye on the corral, make sure nobody, like no kids climb into it or anything while he goes to handle the sale. Mm-hmm. And uh, after he leaves, who should turn up? But Annie Sue herself, who is... Um, threatening as ever uh, as she demands Jessica's necklace I hope it's not the valley year oh my god now that would be coming to blows at that rate but yeah instead it's these like big silver beads I think that Jess is wearing Um, but yeah so Annie Sue is yeah she's trying to get the necklace off her and she's also really like rubbing it in Jess's face that she's going to be the one that owns Midnight and gets to ride him now whenever she wants. Um, but yeah, Jessica has just kind of had it with her at this stage and she's really annoyed. And also the fact that she's not going to be able to go to the dance with yeah. Alex. Um, so she's like, you know what, Annie Sue, like we're only going to be in town until Monday morning. What are you going to do for kicks when we're gone? Uh, and Annie Sue is like, I'm going to teach Midnight how to jump. In fact, I might as well get started right now. So she uh, she swans off into the corral and storms over <gasps> to Midnight, who's already kind of nervous and neighing loudly. So Jess is like, no, 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 you can't. Um, you know, Alex 
won't let you or whatever. But uh, but Annie Sue was like, well, he's practically mine already. So she she grabs his mane and tries to clamber up onto the horse's unsaddled back. So there isn't even a fucking saddle. Oh my god! On him, so she's just like I. And also, how the fuck is anyone climbing up onto a stallion unaided? Is what yes. I want to know. Yeah, <laughs> like, she's like from jumping into the air. There, unless. Just- like maybe Annie Sue was six foot three for all we know, but that does not sound easy. Clambering up onto an unsaddled giant horse. How, I don't know how she's doing that. How but. is she getting there? Is she literally like doing a giant sort of Superman style leaping buildings with a single bound like into his, onto his back? I do not know, but. Um, I don't know. She I somehow manages to get up there. I don't know how. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do it even with a block and a stirrup. So <laughs> done Annie Sue do supernatural powers. Uh, so, I mean, to cut a long story short, uh, of course, J- Annie Sue um, ridiculously defies Jessica's warnings uh, and of uh, leaps, uh, as you say, leaps onto his back somehow. <laughs> and of course, there's a noise from the stable, spooks the horse, midnight goes wild, goes wild and bolts off and Jessica knows that she has to save her. Frankly, I just let her... Just leave her off, yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's made her own stallion bed, now she has to lie in it and get trampled. Yeah, um, yeah so Midnight is tearing off around the corral and like, yeah, that is super dangerous. But uh, Annie Sue is, of course, screaming and freaking out. Um, so it's, yeah, really dangerous, really scary. And Jessica is properly frightened, but she is actually also scared for Annie Sue because mm. this is extremely dangerous. Yes. Um, so she, she feels like she has to do something to save her. Well, I mean... I disagree. But anyway, uh, <laughs> back at the gaff, at the walker's gaff, the, the oldsters apologise to Liz. And they're like, oh, I think we were too hasty. And Jessica's, or Liz says, well, you know, Jessica's not here at the moment. So uh, maybe we should have this chat later. And these, as my notes say, these fucking losers panic yet again. They're like, oh, she's run away. She's run away. They're like, no, she hasn't run away. But um, <laughs> Shirley's <laughs> clutching her heart again. <laughs> <laughs> she's having another fucking attack but yeah Liz like she's not run away she's just gone to the carnival to talk to Alex because you know, you're not letting her see him tomorrow night um, and she's like you mean she just went without even asking us and it's like well no like <laughs> What is wrong with you? Oh, God. They're like, oh, she's on the mean streets of Walkersville. We have to save her. Crime capital of Kansas. (laughs) (laughs) So Liz is like, oh, okay, fine. Um, Let's all go and find it. So off they head. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, of course, Jessica, who has never ridden more than, you know, a seaside pony ride in her life before this week, (laughs) is able to mount another horse, gallop after midnight and calm him down from the other horse. Oh, Uh, God. Like, this is some stunt woman shit. I don't know how she's doing this, but look, she pulls it off somehow and gets uh, gets midnight to kind of slow down and kind of kind of, yeah, backs him up into the the fence, kind of traps him a bit. So he has to slow down. Uh, So... (laughs) So she takes over from Annie Sue, somehow holding on to two horses at once. Like, oh. it's totally fucking ridiculous. <laughs> but Alex has returned in the meantime and sees what's happened. So he runs in and grabs Midnight's bridle uh, once he's come to a stop and it's all under control again. So, uh, yeah, and ridiculously, yeah, everything's OK. But in the meantime, a crowd has gathered and they're now cheering them on. And it's like, yes, that's what this skittish giant horse needs is a crowd fucking cheering and making loads of noise. And <laughs> that was the thing that freaked him out in the first place. <laughs> Oh, God. But everybody uh, applauds because they've managed to save Annie Sue's oh stupid life. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the walkers arrive. Annie Sue is humbled and grateful and gives Jessica a huge hug. It's like, you saved my life. <laughs> and uh, Alex, um, the you know, uh, 
apologizes, you know, for letting this happen, though. Mr. Mr. Sawyer at least acknowledges that this was absolutely not his fault. That, yeah. you know. Yeah, apparently Alex yeah, Annie didn't want to leave the corral. And Annie Sue, yeah, Annie Sue didn't have Oh, for fuck's sake. Like, yeah. But also Mr. Sawyer did kind of drag Alex away from the corral when he didn't want to and was trying to explain that he had to, to be there. But uh, yeah, so look, anyway, it's all fine and everybody's chill with each other. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Annie Sue is very apologetic for being such a bitch. Yeah. And she gives Jessica back her necklace and Uncle Herman praises uh, Alex's skills. And Jessica's like, maybe I'll be able to go to the dance after all. Mm-hmm. Um, so before they leave, Je- Annie Sue takes Jessica aside and gives an explanation for her behaviour. And it's, it's it's not an explanation at all for the extreme <laughs> like shit she was pulling in this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for many reasons. So <laughs> she explains that uh, she's always had a lot of influence with her girlfriends and has always kind of seen herself as like the leader with the kids her age in Walkersville. Oh. Um, so she kind of explains that, uh, yeah, that, that she just kind of you know, felt like she was losing her, her grip on, uh, as you say, her iron grip on the other kids in town. But she also says, I guess I've grown up kind of spoiled. I'm an only child and my parents have given me everything I ever wanted. So at this point, I simply had to ask, was Janie a ghost? (laughs) (laughs) Because she was very explicitly her little sister. So fucking riddle me that ghostwriter. What is going on here? (laughs) I mean, I guess it's a longer book than usual. You get confused. Um, but yeah, that's her explanation. She's spoiled and she felt threatened at the sight of strangers. It was like, so whatever about not liking them, but the extortion part and just being like, I like that. Give it to me. Like a dead-eyed psychopath. Uh, <laughs> is, none of this justifies. A mild insecurity. Uh, but yeah, somehow this works uh, Je- on Jessica. She finds herself sympathising with Annie Sue and, offers, and then lo- offers to lend her some of her glittery garb. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Annie is is rightfully embarrassed by her uh, behavior. Again, none of its proper explanation for it. But uh, yeah, she says, you know, I can't believe I did that. It makes me want to die now. And then again says, I made Janie torture you guys all morning. OK, so not a ghost. So you're not an only child. Oh, because oh usually, my God. A page ago, you said you were an only <laughs> child. And now Janie's back in the picture. So fucking which one is it, Annie Sue? Because I need answers. <laughs> I mean, she really is quite unstable, so maybe she's just getting a bit confused. I'm confused. <laughs> well, she invites them all out to her house, and somehow the twins want to hang out with her before she goes. Um, so, yeah, it's all great. Uh, and when they arrive at the Sawyers that night, there's a huge gang. Annie Sue thanks um, her saviours and apologises publicly to everybody. Uh, and Aunt Shirley admits that Alex has proved his worth and that she's happy to for Jessica to date her. And then hmm. um, Jessica wonders where Brad is, but Liz just does give a shit, basically. Yeah, she kind of shrugs. She's like, oh, I'm not sure. She kind of presumes that he's probably minding his little sister or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, she kind of hasn't had a chance yet to explain to Jessica that like she doesn't really care about Brad at all, that they're just friends really at this stage. But uh, but thinks, you know, it would be nice to finish off their vacation with a double date they'd planned. <gasps> but uh, there's been no sign of Brad all day long, it mm-hmm. seems like. So um, mm-hmm. so Jessica's like, ah, sure, look, come on, we'll, we'll go meet Alex anyway. Um so yeah, she, I think, yeah, the, the aunt and uncle have met Alex and they're all cool with him. Yeah. And that's so, all fine. So but... Jessica finds Alex to tell him, uh, mm. but he's a bit awkward. And then she notices something on his hand. 
yeah, weirdly, his hand is cut. Just in yes. the place where Brad cut his hand. <laughs> yes. Uh, and she asks him what happened and he shrugs off her questions and drags him over to talk to Liz about the dance tomorrow. And, mm-hmm. uh, well, meanwhile, Liz is like bonding with Annie Sue somehow. <laughs> uh, as Annie Sue gives the twins advice on what to wear to a square dance, which um, I think will, I guess, will be part of the outfits later on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, she offers to lend Jessica some of her rootin' tootin' cowgirl car. <gasps> oh, my God, amazing. <laughs> But Alex is awkward throughout this whole exchange and he's kind of hiding his hand. I'm sure it's very subtle. And then Liz sees it. Oh my God. Yeah, that's uh, kind of a clincher there. But yes. uh, yeah, they kind of make a big deal out of it because uh, is it Jessica is like, oh, is your hand bothering you while Liz is there? And he's like, no, no, it's fine. And Annie Sue is like, oh, what happened? Did you hurt yourself? Let me see it. And he kind of starts blushing and sort of throws a glance at Liz who's kind of watching all this and she kind of realizes very quickly that uh, something is afoot here. And yeah. Uh, yeah, the events of the previous week came flooding back to her in a new light. How uh, they're so alike, uh, the two brothers, literally identical in appearance, but also the peculiar conflicts and schedule that prohibited either of them from appearing with the other. And uh, now she kind of realizes that she was feeling like something was kind of wrong each time she saw Brad, but couldn't put her finger on it and now realises that the cut is in the exact same place and there's no Brad at all. (gasps) I mean, I have so many questions about Alex because he came out with that (laughs) twin story, very detailed twin story, Mm -hmm. the minute he met them. So is this something he does all the time? Because it's very fucked up. It is frightening. Yeah. (laughs) So Liz uh, confronts him. I think she gets him alone right after this. And uh, she's furious, like, and asks, you know, what is your real name? Is it Brad or Alex or is it some other name altogether? Uh, And he says, uh, it is Alex. And I'm I'm so sorry. I feel like the biggest jerk in the world. Will he give me a chance to explain? And she's like, I don't see what possible explanation you could have for lying that much to us. Uh, And she said, look, it's bad enough you were leading me on. But what about Jessica? She's really fallen for you. Uh, or half of you anyway <laughs> and uh, he begs to to have a chance to explain and she just stalks off she's like no way man I'm not talking to you right now she's like don't worry I'll keep your secret from Jessica I think like, why uh, you figure out some way to explain where Brad is tomorrow night for the square dance and I'll go along with whatever you say uh, and he kind of looks grateful but then she cuts him off and she's like it's not for you it's because <gasps> I love my sister and the <gasps> sad thing is she's crazy enough to be in love with you <gasps> and she, uh, she storms off leaving him there with his Blue eyes all sad. Oh. <laughs> well, it's time for the dance. And Jessica's sad about going home as she gets into her rootin' tootin' gear. Uh, <laughs> she's she's wondering how she'll keep it going long distance with Alex. I mean, that's not going to happen, Jessica, so don't worry mm. about it. And she, uh, Jessica and Liz are, are both in full RTC clothes. Mm. And, Hell yes. Um, <laughs> The uh, the oldies take pictures of them and say how much they'll miss them. But Liz hopes that Alex doesn't break Jessica's heart. And she's going to do anything she can to stop it. this happening. So Alex turns up, but in quite the rootin' tootin' gear. He's wearing dungas. Oh my God. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they. Uh, he says a Brad has intestinal flu. Oh God. <laughs> So Liz realises that he pretended to be twins so he had the options of dating both Wakefield so she decides to give him more Wakefield twin than any man can handle with the help from her new ally, Annie Sue. And the plan is frankly stupid and it's not really fair on Jessica. 
No, that's the thing. Like, it's more of a revenge on Jess than anything else. Um, but yeah, she just kind of makes a nuisance of herself basically all night. So anytime that Alex is dancing with Jessica, Liz gets Annie Sue to come up to him and say, oh, Liz is feeling really kind of lonely and, you know, she's on her own. So will you dance with her? And then every time he dances with Jessica, she gets Annie to to drag her away to... Or yeah, whenever he's dancing with one twin, she gets Annie Sue to drag him away to the other twin basically all night. So yeah. it just sounds really annoying. And also like she's kind of ruining Jessica's date, to be honest. <laughs> But somehow Jessica isn't in on any of this and doesn't realise this is what's happening and that Liz is tormenting Alex yes. all night. So I don't know why Jessica's having a great time because it just sounds like he, this would be just taking Alex from her all the time. But anyway, mm. she's fine. And uh, yeah, a- Annie Sue, as we said, is is part of this. And at one stage says she's ready to make Alex Parker sorry he ever saw a double. And Liz giggled. I mean, you should be terrified, Liz, because she has shown <laughs> she is ruthless. <laughs> <laughs> this girl is scary <laughs> well uh, it, somehow yeah it works Alex gets all flustered he's exhausted and eventually he finds Liz and apologises gives his stupid explanation which is so idiotic it's like basically I feel like I am two people there's two sides of me and you brought out the poet side blah 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 blah, blah. what oh god ridiculous yeah he then uh sighs and says i didn't count on one thing and she's like what cutting your hand um, but he's yeah. like no i, I figured like, one or both of you would find out but what i didn't count on was falling for jessica the way i did <sighs> so like awful but yeah he kind of realizes or realized that yeah when he started to feel for her he wanted to confess everything but i thought you'd both end up hating me so he just like a psychopath pretended to be two people instead <laughs> like ridiculous oh, but again god. like liz just forgives him ridiculously and is like you know I did have fun and Jessica had fun and whatever so she's like just gonna carry on the pretense and not actually tell Jessica the truth at all yeah that's it ridiculous Uh, it's uh, so bad none of it makes sense the explanation (laughs) doesn't make sense Liz going along with it doesn't make any sense Mm -mm. and uh, she says uh, she basically she tells him to go back and show my sister the time of her life which sounds a bit like show my sister a good time which sounds (laughs) a bit weird but anyway uh, off you go. <laughs> There's the hay. Go rolling. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is a lot of hay around. So, uh, yeah, she smiled and she thinks she didn't really understand why he'd done it, but uh, she doesn't care. <laughs> Lots of depth of character insight. We get this stupid book. <laughs> and at the end of the night, they're all dozy doing with gay abandon, and Uncle Herman gives a fucking speech to the townsfolk about how great it was to have the twins there. Oh, God. I guess you just get away with shit like that when you're the mayor. I don't know. <laughs> Oh yeah, good point. Um, yeah, well, they, they, actually, no, it's not just because he's the mayor, because the townsfolk go wild with excitement <laughs> and cheer and whoop uh, and how great it is to have had the twins gracing the, down with their presence for 10 whole days. And the twins hug their uncle and they uh, know they'll remember their visit to Walkersville forever. Yeah, right. No, they won't. <laughs> They'll forget about it by the time they're home. We will never hear any reference to Walkersville. Oh, in God. Story. And again, it was like, it had been the most wonderful visit. And it's like, no, it wasn't. Like, Liz was stressed out of her fucking mind the whole time <laughs> over having to cover for Jessica. All the kids in town were fucking pricks to you. Like, you to work, it sounded like unpaid labour and abandoned <laughs> during the lunch rush behind the fucking soda fountain. Like, this holiday sucked. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're, being, you you're being bullied and, and robbed by a yeah. blackmailed. <laughs> you're being blackmailed by Annie. Sue, you had Alex and Brad. Uh, Alex and Brad. You had Alex being a fucking psychopath. Like, how was this a good trip? <laughs> well, I guess we'll never understand the workings of the Wakefield mind because that is the end of the book. 
<laughs> that is it. The most wonderful time in Kansas. <laughs> do we have any stats about this? I know we do. Oh God, strap in. Okay. So, uh, okay, let's do stats first. Now, okay. Now, funnily, the Blue Green Eyes only got like three mentions, which feels yeah. very low for Super Edition. Uh, the Blondness got six though, which was pretty okay, good. Okay, yeah, that's above average, above average. Uh, Alex slash Brad and his blue eyes uh, got mentioned four times. Uh, and people's eyes were shining eight times. So lots <gasps> of very shiny eyes. <laughs> wow. I did notice there was a lot of shiny eye action. Mm, um, very shiny eye action. Yes. Uh, but yes. Okay. My God, the outfits. Okay. Oh. I have so many little sticky notes in this oh book. It's God. actually ridiculous. Let's <laughs> okay. Let's do it. Okay, so Jessica. Yeah, we kind of get this one early on because we, they tell us about her packing it and then it's what she wears to the carnival when, when uh, Liz says she looks like someone on a game show. Ooh, yes. So this is a white cotton jumpsuit studded <gasps> with tiny rhinestones. Hell yes. Oh God. And when she wears it uh, to the carnival, it's worn with white leather boots, uh, silver earrings and those big silver beads that uh, Annie Sue tried to nick off of her. Um, wow. A stunning like Dolly Parton could never um, just like oh yeah it's also what uh, Dennis was amazed by and thought were real diamonds as well in her outfit good lord stunning uh, also yeah she was wearing a rhinestone headband as well at some point so she really broke out the rhinestones for this visit in fairness to her yeah there's a lot of rhinestones <laughs> she picked a theme and she fucking went for it um, we also get again early on pre-Kansas uh, when we're talking about packing um, oh yes this is when Alice is telling Jess to kind of pack some more conservative clothes but uh, Jessica is telling her all about uh, what Lila is bringing to Rome she's saying you should see some of the things she's taking on holidays with her she got the neatest red leather mini skirts and this pair of boots with purple fringe what <laughs> can you just picture her strutting the streets of rome in purple fringed boots? i can, yes, I can. and i, I can. love it oh. <laughs> so, so, catchy away pepe what's up with her purple fringed boots oh, oh fantastic um then, okay, so when they're strolling around Walkersville on their first day, Jessica is turning heads in oh. her tight black stirrup pants. Remember oh stirrup my. pants? Oh yes, I do. Ski pants, <laughs> we used to call them here. Yes. Uh, she's wearing that with a bright raspberry colored t-shirt, uh, a black man-tailored jacket, <laughs> and point, pointy black sunglasses that almost gave uh, Anne Shirley a heart attack when she saw them. That sounds like a more of a Dana Larson outfit than a Jessica one. It actually does, in fairness, mm. yeah. Um Let's see. Yes, the jumpsuit that she wore then. Oh, yeah, that night Liz wore something much more subdued. So she went off to the carnival in a plaid wrap skirt and cotton sweater. Like, imagine wearing that when your sister is sparkling beside you in a rhinestone jumpsuit. Like, oh, come on, Liz. Really? Must try harder. Yes. Let her get the, the sweet valley down. Truly. <laughs> uh, so the day, the first day that they're working behind the counter in the five and dime, Jessica wears a purple cotton sweatshirt dress that oh. skims her knees that she uh, also uh, <laughs> accessorizes a bit there uh, by outlining her eyes with a purple eyeliner. <gasps> now, I do love a sweatshirt dress, so I'm here oh, for same. Yes, it sounds amazing. Uh, one of the nights she is sneaking out to meet Alex, uh, Liz comes in to find her twisting her hair into a top knot, winding a ribbon around it Ooh. that perfectly matched her cotton geometric print top. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking Natasha, the casting director from Soapstar there. <gasps> the unicorn hair, it lives. What? Um, okay, at one point we have got... Oh, this is Brad rather than Alex. Uh, so 
Liz goes to meet Brad and he is wearing straight-legged blue jeans with a rawhide belt and a plaid flannel shirt. <laughs> wow, he's rooting and tooting. He is all of the above. Uh, then we've got another Annie Sue outfit that Jess eyes with contempt oh. uh, because she's wearing a flowered blouse, tan chinos and a suede jacket. <laughs> that sounds very Liz. Doesn't it? Like, like, I, I love how they're acting like Annie Sue is so not with it in her outfits. And it's like, this is literally what your sister wears. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Uh, then, okay, so now the square dance. Um, oh, yeah. Yes, we had Alex turning up in his denim overalls and a wonderful plaid flannel shirt, uh, mostly bright yellow uh, with red and royal blue and a tiny bit of hunter green. His oh. hair was slicked back and a tiny cowlick popped up in the back. <laughs> So he's gone full Oklahoma uh, on that one. <laughs> and uh, finally, we have got the square dance outfits that uh, that the girls wear, which oh. are the ones pretty much on the covers delightfully, because I just oh. I love it when that happens so Me much. Uh, so we had Liz in a slim cut denim skirt, red and white checked cotton blouse, uh, a bright bandana tied around her neck, completed the look. So that is pretty much what's on the cover. Only the blouse is white on the cover, but in the book it is red and white checked. So that <sighs> does go very nicely with what Jessica is wearing, which is, as is on the cover, a red and white gingham dress that she's <gasps> borrowed from Annie Sue. There's a full petticoat that goes oh. underneath. Yeah, there is. Uh, oh my God. Like, it's so much. There's a, yeah, the skirt of the gingham dress stood away from her body, held out by the crinoline petticoat. The bodice fit very close, accentuating her slim waist and torso, and the neckline plunged just low enough to look good, but not so low as to raise an objection from their aunt and uncle. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, we, it's an embarrassment of riches, quite frankly. Oh my god, it was such a good outfit book and like you wouldn't have thought the twins going to stay on a farm would be the outfit book but there you go it's yeah. <laughs> it really was yeah they took the midwest by storm <sighs> well listeners were you as blown away by spring fever as we were <laughs> do you share our well frankly our fear of Annie Sue and... <laughs> she is scary <laughs> I mean I'm wondering what's in the water of this town after all this uh, we we did hear from from a lot of you about uh, Soap Star um, got some interesting uh, insights into the into the world of soaps uh, especially during the pandemic which I was mm. quite intrigued by <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot I didn't really uh, anticipate finding out there, but who knew that mannequins were deployed, apparently, in the height of things. Yes, and uh, in COVID restrictions, thanks to news from Nihon telling us this, um, and uh, also that apparently boyfriends and girlfriends were used, people's partners would come mm. in during the pandemic, which is uh, which actually makes sense. And um yeah, there was also apparently that uh, somebody said it was Pippi and Shirley said they kept thinking of Tootsie because, of course, there is that live scene in Tootsie oh. where <laughs> oh Dr. Raffin takes off the wig. <laughs> so uh, I guess maybe they'd seen actually they probably this film or um, def- that film definitely came out long before this book. So, mm. uh, so yeah, maybe it's an homage. Um, a lot everybody was quite horrified by the the age gap and uh hello ali pointed out that the 
the stories like this, plus the dominant cultural narrative that girls which are faster than boys gave me some extremely bad ideas about age and consent as a kid. Significant age gaps and disparities in powers were really romanticised. So when grown ass men would hit on me, I really thought, ah, yeah, so glamorous and intellectual relationship begins. Um, so, yeah, I mean, these these messages were pervasive and really dodgy and really did have effects. So. Mm. Uh, as much as we laugh, there is like something quite fucked up going on. Oh, fully. Yeah. And I suppose that's the thing, because I suppose we did kind of say a few times, maybe flippantly, that, you know, it was a different time. But we don't mean that, like, it obviously wasn't OK then, but there was certainly less scrutiny, I feel like, yes. in general, on relationships like that, um, which just led to a lot of really weird messaging for young girls. So, yeah, not mm, great. Very much so. Uh, Claire PH said, did anyone else imagine Sam putting off his Batman suit like a Chippendale whipping off his Velcro trousers? <laughs> yes! <laughs> Amazing. Clamoured <laughs> Granola replied and got Claire and Karen's attention by saying, no, but now I'm thinking about Ken Matthews doing this. <laughs> you can't prove that it was me sending eyes emojis. After <laughs> <that>. <laughs> Others were amused with... Uh, uh, by just the sheer fact that Liz is writing for the LA Times and Liz and Jess, who are not actors, this is Ernest Jallow said, are offered a recurring role of a national uh, of a national soap opera. That's a next level unhinged business. And Linky Lou replied, and Liz going, oh, sorry, I'm too busy to write for the LA Times. I'll go back to the Oracle. <laughs> <laughs> I did enjoy uh, Tinfoil Tango chiming in to ask, isn't Natasha Talbot a Morris dancer? Because truly, oh. the amount of ribbons that woman was wearing, throwing some bells and she is good to go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, naughty, naughty. <laughs> uh, Maria Teresa Biblioteca said, pause 23 minutes to come here and say, I'm 100% here for flower box fan fiction. The Wilkins <laughs> Weed Farm Country Club Drive will never be the same. <laughs> Amazing. And Hello Ali said, oh no, oh no, my brain just did Wilkins Nelson. I'm not going to recover. I mean, maybe Willie Nelson's is short for Wilkins. Who knows? <laughs> oh my God, it works. <laughs> oh, well, listeners, we always really, really love hearing from you. Uh, and uh, we, we definitely have a lot of fun over on the gram where Karen is, has been putting together some absolutely spectacular graphics recently <laughs> uh, which really have to be seen to be believed so uh, we, you know where to find us we are on Twitter and uh, Instagram at svhpodcast yeah you can send us an email at svhpodcast at gmail.com and uh, we are, of course, uh, back here uh, next week in the Pi Beat Alpha Clubhouse. And if you would like to join us, you can sign up for as little as five euros a month at headstuffpodcasts.com. Yeah, when you sign up, you can decide whether you just want to support our show. You can spread your money across three shows because there are loads of great podcasts on the network. Uh, and uh, yeah, once you, you do that, you get access to our bonus content, but to the bonus content for every other show on the network too. So it is actually a pretty good deal. But uh, yeah, our bonus content, as I'm sure you know by now, is our Pi Beta Alpha series where we're chatting about the TV show episodes and having a fucking blast with oh it, to be honest. Oh my God, we absolutely <laughs> Love it. And uh, the se- we're on the second series now. Uh, one Bruce One has been replaced by a new actor, Two Bruce Two. <laughs> and we, we're having a blast. Uh, there has been some... Um, the, the montage is back. If anybody has dropped out of listening to the uh, to the bonus episodes, maybe you were heartbroken that the montage seemed to have been 
abandoned in season it's, two. It's understandable, yeah. yeah. But we can reassure you that they are back, at least in the most recent episode. <laughs> so please do uh, sign up and join us there in the clubhouse because we have a we have a whale of a time. And next week, it's an episode in which Todd joins a gang, which I'm sure will be <laughs> terrible yet hilarious. Oh my god, I can't wait. <laughs> so, Pi Beta Alpha Sisters, we will see you. <laughs> Yeah, we will see you there in the clubhouse next week, but we will see everybody for our hundred and first episode in the yeah, main this is our 100th episode. I can't believe. Sorry, how have we done a hundred episodes? How? <laughs> how? But somehow we did. This is our one hundredth episode. Who would have thought? Eighty-five <laughs> main books, fifteen specials. Holy uh, shit! It has been a wild ride over the last oh few gosh. years. Fair um, play to us. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> and there was a pandemic, and you had a kidney transplant. A lot happened. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, thank you to everybody for joining us on this preposterous journey. Whether you've been there since the very beginning, whether you've been doing a bingy catch-up recently, mm. uh, God help you if you have. Oh, that's a lot of us cackling. We are so sorry. Yeah, really apologize. <laughs> but we appreciate every single one of you and we always love hearing from you and we're so glad you, um, you're with us and enjoying the show. And uh, we think we'll have a treat for you in the main feed in two weeks' time. Because we're going to find out what happens when a little organisation called Club X Oh my god pits Jessica against Bruce It's going to be so good The wheel of this fortune will be (laughs) whirling again I can't wait See you then everybody Thanks for listening Bye This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at woodhousebuickgmc.com. We are professional grade.